Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another episode of Faith Unaltered, the Complete Sinner's Guide and Real Seekers. I am your co-host, Tyler Fowler. With me is my brother from another mother, the California King himself, Joshua Davidson. How are you doing, my friend? I'm excited to dive in to Megan Burridge's testimony uh, tonight. So this is part two of how to have faith in the midst of suffering. We interviewed Isaiah last week. If you have not saw that episode, make sure you catch it at right after this episode if y'all ain't got plans. But that was a heart-wrenching, like I cried, man, after listening to it. Uh, Isaiah's testimony was just- You waited beautiful. till after? I did, man. Like, <laughs> I couldn't break down on camera, you know, but- I guess I maybe I need to do that once in a while, you know, like show I do have some kind of emotions, right? Like they're therapeutic. There. They're hidden, but they're there. Right. But anyway, Josh, how are you doing, brother? How's your week been? Man, I'm good. My week's been okay. Yep. Got to visit my uh, my wife's grandmother yesterday. That was a real nice. blessing. And nice. haven't been able to see her since the COVID regulations started. So, nice. man, it was awesome. And my daughter had so much fun good. Uh, and I uh, got some. Got some good progress done at work today, even though I didn't finish what I wanted to. I okay. still got it's falling forward, not backward. You know what I mean? Stumbling forward. So progress is progress, and I'll take it. Would that be and like falling am, in reverse? That you can fall back. <laughs> you can fall back, but I'd rather fall forward. Yeah. Um, you know, try to be like Peter. I'm always putting my foot in my mouth, but I'm keeping staying eager, you know. Look, man, but, as long uh, as you're sinking, just keep your eyes on him and it's fine. <laughs> So don't you know, sing. Lord, sing. Me. But if you do, um, keep your eyes on me. I, I am definitely blessed to be able to continue this conversation about this remarkable just investment is the right word that I yeah. have right now. This this remarkable investment God has in his people and some of the huh, some of the things that he does just Ah, you it know puts what I mean? the awe back in awesome, right? It, yes. Yeah. Yes. Puts the awe in awesome, <clears throat> takes it back out, rattles it up, and replaces it again. It's fantastic. I love it. I love, uh, man, why is my mind blanking on me? Not retribution, uh, reconciliation, right? <laughs> it's not, I mean, oh, dude. Not retribution. <laughs> not retribution. The other one. Restorative. That's it. That's it. There you uh, go. Restorative reconciliation. I mean, you're absolutely right. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that tonight. We listen to Isaiah's testimony. We have his wife with us, Megan. Before I introduce her, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors for this episode, BarnabasClothing.com for all of your Christian apparel needs. They have hoodies. They have t-shirts. They've got flags. They've got jewelry, bro. And get this, I have got some free gear coming. Like it is in the works right now. They approved it today. And I got the email just a little bit ago. I've got a hoodie coming. I've got a t-shirt coming and I've got a flag coming for anybody that wants it. All you have to do, you, you don't even have to enter. Just make sure you catch the episode that we're giving away these. And what we'll do is I'll put, I'll see everybody in the chat, like say, Hey, you're here. Um, I'll put everybody's name in a hat. I'll draw three names. Three lucky winners are going to get a hoodie, a t-shirt, and a flag from BarnabasClothingCompany.com. If you don't win, if you don't win, you can do this anyway, even if you do win. But whenever you get to the checkout page, enter discount code BCAMB 
Tyler F 15 and you will get 15% off your order. If you order $75 or more, you're going to add on free shipping with that. And so I love Barnabas. I mean, I've got a t-shirt. I've got one of these awesome love your enemy stickers right here is the first thing I bought from him. Kind of test them out a little bit. It came within three days after I ordered it. The t-shirt took a little bit longer. Uh, it took about a week and a half to get here, but that's because they were out of stock. And so these guys have been running out of stock on a lot of their clothing. There's some clothing that's in, but they restocked the other day. And I got my uh, search and uh, search and what is it? Search and something uh, shirt. It's got a little heart guy on the back. He's got a sword raised up. He's standing over a demon. I mean, I, th I think it's pretty sweet, right? And uh, and so, yeah, BarnabasClothing.com. Enter discount code B as in boy, C as in cat, A as in apple, M as in Mary. B is in boy, Tyler F15, and you will get 15% off your order. But Megan, how are you doing today? Like, go ahead, tell our audience a little bit about yourself. You are Isaiah's wife. Again, mm -hmm. part two of how to have faith in the midst of suffering. Take it away. Who are you and why are you here tonight? Hi, I'm my name is Megan. I am so grateful that you're having me on tonight. I am so blessed to be able to share how Jesus saved me. I, I think testimonies need to be told because um, a lot of people need to hear the part of your story that you're afraid to tell because that's what changes lives. Um, I have been a Christian for about four years now. Um, and like you said, I'm Isaiah's wife. We've been married for almost four years as well. Okay. I was um, raised Catholic, but like in name only. I went to private Catholic school um, from first grade to senior year. Okay. And... Um, I don't think I ever truly heard the gospel. You know, we, and at least in my school, I can only speak from my experience. We really weren't encouraged to read the Bible. We weren't encouraged um, to know any Bible stories. And to be honest with you, I didn't. I used to think that Jesus was just a man that God chose okay. to die for sins. I had no idea who Paul was. I didn't understand anything. I didn't understand sin, nothing. I just remember going to church, having to go to confession, um, and just not understanding really anything about the gospel. Wow. Um, but I remember um, this turning point for me that took me to the path that I've been, I was on for over a decade um, happened to me when I was in third grade. And we had an assignment, and it was hanging out in the hallway, and on the sheet of paper, was a cross and inside the cross were all these little like good deeds that you could do like say 10 Hail Marys say mm -hmm. hi to somebody in the hallway you know whatever and after you did that you were supposed to go and like check it off and fill in the cross well one day my teacher took me out into the hallway and she pointed up and down and she made me look at everybody else's and she said you're behind like you're falling behind this you're not doing good enough and she turned away and she walked back in the classroom. I remember just staring at mine and realizing, like, I will not be able to do anything that's good enough for God. Wow. I, I won't make it, like, in third grade language, I won't make it in my own strength. I can never live up to this. I'm sure God probably doesn't even care about me. Who am I? So I just stood there and I looked at some of the good deeds that I could do that were, you know, maybe sounded like I would do them. And I just filled some men walked away. Um, and so in that moment, I learned only half the gospel. I learned that I could never earn it. 
-hmm. I learned that I would never be enough in my own strength. And it took about 20 years to hear the full story. Um, Growing up, I was bullied pretty hard in school. I was bullied by a lot of the boys. Um, They said some pretty rude things about me. Teachers didn't stand up for me. They didn't do anything. And I didn't have really any friends in grade school. Um, I often sat alone at lunch and didn't eat. And I was one of those children that was truly depressed um, for a long time. And in my late teens, I developed bipolar disorder. I had no idea what that was or um, how to cope with it. And nobody in my family did either. And I don't blame them. But having nobody understand was incredibly hard. Um, Having those emotions of laughing and crying and sometimes at the same time. Mm. And you can't sort it out and you don't know who to go to. Um, You know, I missed a lot of my senior year of high school because I couldn't keep myself from crying. I couldn't hold myself together. Mm. I was put on so much medication about... 13 pills a day at one point that I dropped out of college. I couldn't, I couldn't drive in the mornings. I would take my pills when I woke up in the morning and then I would sleep until six o'clock at night because I could not wake up. And I was like that for several months. And finally one day I said, enough, I'm not doing this anymore. This is just, I can't even live. And so without medication, I would spend a lot of my nights driving around the city just crying, feeling so lost, so unseen, unheard, misunderstood. Mm -hmm. I did not know what to do. And I remember I drove to my old, my childhood home, and I just sat outside of it and looked at it because I had moved a few years prior. And it just, I wanted to go back to it for some reason. I sat there, I texted a friend, and I said, how I was feeling. I'm so lost. Like, I don't know what to do. And she said, of course you're feeling lost. It's the mercury retrograde. And I was like, what in the world is that? What does that mean? Yeah. And she said, oh, you know, it's like astrology. It's, it's about like, you know, when a planet, um, in our galaxy appears to be going backwards because of the way it cycles around the earth, it creates Mm -hmm. an illusion. And during that illusion, it it's said by people who follow astrology, like, you know, don't do anything serious during that time. Don't partake in any business transactions. Don't, you know, make any big deals. Like you can blame like losing your mail to stuff like that. Just, you because know. Because a planet is going into a galaxy? Yeah. Because, because, of, because of the way it is, you know. And I, it made sense right away. It yeah. made sense because I thought, okay, well, this explains my periods of time where I feel utterly lost and yeah. helpless. And it seems like it lines up. And you know what? I, I thought like, okay, well, if the moon can control the ocean tides, surely mm. these planets can control my heart. And so in that moment, that slowly started to, like for me to start leading my life and guiding my life through astrology. And I'm not just talking about like, oh, I read the newspaper and I'm going to have a five-star day because I'm Scorpio. And no, I mean like looking at the planets, looking at your natal chart, 
finding where planets are in the galaxy and how that affects my life and how I should go about living. So this is going beyond zodiac signs. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is I, I never even understood it fully because it's actually extremely complicated mapping out planets and when and where this comet is and, you know, and what house things are in, which is parts of space. What house there's 12 houses for the 12 zodiacs. What? Okay. Yeah. So I never even got to that point of like mastering it, but I wanted to, I definitely wanted to. Well, let me, let me jump in real quick, Megan. What was the appeal to it? Was it because, because I noted you had said, you know, if the moon can cause the tides to change, right? Obviously this Mm -hmm. has an impact on me, right? Because Mm -hmm. some way we're connected. Was that the appeal or was there something else that drew you to astrology? I, looking back, I wanted a foundation. Okay. I wanted a guide. Growing up, you know, my parents unfortunately do not believe and my deepest heart desire is that they will. Mm -hmm. I hope that they watch this and understand my story and who Jesus is. Yeah. Um, but you know, both my grandparents are and were Catholic and people just said, Oh, you need Jesus. Okay. But can you tell me who that is? Mm. So if I don't know who that is, I don't know what to do with that. So I just go, Oh, Jesus, you know, and like the secular world hears, they think, Oh, Jesus is just so judgmental. Like, you know, and so that's, that's what I thought for a lot of my life. Mm-hmm. And I wanted absolutely nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. So I found that growing up, I've always wanted to be part of a community, have a foundation that would lead me and guide me. And so that's one reason astrology was so attractive to me, because it gave me that guide of something that I could count on. Um, And, you know, I started to believe in reincarnation. I thought that things that could have happened in my past life or lives affect me today. And that's why I had this weird phobia that I have. And that's why I have, you know, this or whatever. And so I was like, well, that must make sense. Mm. Like, you know, we just keep living these lives and keep trying to learn and keep trying to like get to this, I don't know, state of nirvana or whatever like that. Um, so I truly followed that. I used to be such an insecure person, just absolutely just no self-confidence whatsoever i try to find my identity in anything but myself mostly in people and relationships and who i dated and um clothes and you know experiences and things like that um and when i was about 24 or so 23 24 i had been dating a guy for about four years and i really love this guy but he would not commit to me he would not um take a step forward because i wanted to get married mm-hmm. i wanted to like have a life and part of that was because i loved him a part of that was also like i want to find my identity in this mm-hmm. and when he wouldn't commit i finally left and i had kept hearing people say like oh like the people that like actually want you will pursue you you won't have to keep trying to make them want you and it wasn't too long after I broke up with him. Like, I mean, like weeks, maybe I met a person at a friend's backyard barbecue. And this person was transgender. And as far as I know, still is, um, there's no contact and we don't have any mutual friends on Facebook. I make sure of that. Mm. But, um, 
I'm not going to say their name either. So I might just say he or them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, this person is a male that transitioned to a female. So okay. I used, I used to call them she. Okay. But now I try to go and not lie. And so I'll say he or them. Can you give um, an age about how old or is he? Um, he, he's probably 37 or 38 now. Okay. Okay. So he is at about the seven or eight year marker of transition. Okay. Um, so I met this person and I was really confused. That was my first real experience with that. Um, I didn't understand. I really didn't even talk to them that night, but we added each other on Facebook. And after a couple of weeks, you know, I started, you know, kind of asking questions like, so like, how do you feel? Have you always felt this way? Like, mm-hmm. you know, what do you do to like become a woman or whatever? And I learned about the shots and taking estrogen. And this person always felt this way growing up. Um, and so the more I understood about them and transgenderism, the more I was like, well, me being a pagan, I believe in our own truth. And, you know, if you would have asked me, because nobody in my new age life pressed me on anything. Mm-hmm. But if someone, I, looking back, if someone were to press me on what is your truth, I would not know what to say. So you're still into astrology at this point then, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and it only gets worse from there. Okay. <laughs> um, and so this person started to pursue me. And we started off as friends. And then it became more than friends. Okay. And there was a day that we were out at one of my work parties. I used to be a hairstylist and we had a very nice party because we won salon of the year. And my mom found a picture of us online because like we were like having our arms around each other in this picture. And when she saw it, she thought, oh no, like I know what that means. Mm. And so this person actually, before I met them, was studying to be a pastor and when they came out as transgender everyone obviously said no you're made in the image of god like god created you before you know you were in your mother's womb he knew you you know what i mean like all those mm-hmm. verses and that you are fearfully wonderfully made and and he said nope hate i'm out god doesn't care about me and so he rejected god wow. and being the rebel i was i loved that i really okay. did i thought it was cool <laughs> i enjoy that identity um and you know i want to clear something up and you know i i was i never said i'm gay i never said i'm bi when i was younger maybe i would have been like uh i'm curious i don't know but I've, i've never come out as gay or bi i've never told anybody that i am um so when i was with this person a man as a woman you know, I saw the dresses and everything, but I also saw like the man underneath. And I think that's why I was attracted to the most because it's really cliche to say, but I was attracted to them as a person right? and as a personality. And for some reason, I was able to take all of that away and just see them for them. And so this isn't really like a story about like coming out. This is just a story about this like one time, like being attracted to a person. Right. Um, so we started dating, um, this tore my family apart 
And I did not understand why, because my family, um, my immediate family really isn't very religious. Um, and so I thought, why does it matter? Like, but they still have the Catholic background at this point, right? Yeah, they, they don't practice um, or anything like that. I don't think they could really describe anything about Catholicism, Catholicism to you, to be honest. Okay. So it's just like in name only. Like our grandparents yeah. were Catholic, and now it's just like, oh, well, if someone asks me what religion I am, I'm going to say I'm Catholic. Right. Um, but he pressed more. There's really no knowledge, unfortunately. Okay. Um. So I thought, you know, you're not even religious. Like, why do you care? Like, you're being judgmental. You're being hateful. You know, everything you see on Instagram these days mm -hmm. about when you press that ideology, that's how I felt. So we, that pushed you further away from, would you say that that pushed you further away from Christianity or Catholicism? Or was you in the mind frame that the, the two topics or the two categories are both in the same? Does that make sense? I didn't, I didn't understand the difference. Okay. Um, it, I would just say in general, it pushed me away from God. Okay. Um, because okay. I thought everyone associated with God was hateful. It was like that, yeah. Yeah, and because nobody, I had nobody come into my life and really tell me why that was wrong. Nobody mm -hmm. said why. They just said, oh, it's weird. And so to me, weird is like, well, we have our own truth. Like, I, I how are you going to tell this person, like, that the, how they feel is wrong? Like, that's how they feel. Yeah. You know, um, so that's where I was with that. And there was a night that we sat at the table and I don't remember anything that was, that was said, but my dad especially was incredibly angry and he was yelling. And when the conversation broke up, I went to my room, I grabbed the bag, I grabbed my contacts, my glasses, um, a few very basic things, and I bolted out that door. They're chasing after me and they're yelling, Megan, Megan, get back here. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no. And I'm freaking out and I bolt. And I bolt to my friend's house who lives an hour away. And I lived there for several weeks. And mind you, I work for my family. So I had to see my dad every day. Mm. And so the next day, you know, that wasn't a very fun day. But, sure. um, you know, we're dating and it's just turbulent, turbulent and... You know, eventually my family kind of starts to, you know, get to know this person and more accepted. I mean, it's never great. It's never great, but it turns into something bearable. Tolerable. Okay. Yeah, tolerable. Um, and when we got married, um, the exact day on the anniversary of me asking this person out, um, and I did not know this until way later. But, you know, my family was to my back, so I couldn't see them during the ceremony. Um, but my dad wore sunglasses so that no one would see him cry. And that, like, really breaks my heart that, like, I did that to them. Because I would come home, because I still lived at home at that time before I ran away. And my dad would sit out in the garage drinking gin, and he would never do that. That is not who he was, and he did that for a long time. And looking back now at what I've done, I'm I'm ashamed of it. I mean, part of me is, like, glad I went through it because now I had this amazing testimony. But I, I'm so upset about how I hurt my family, and at the time, I, I had no idea. I had absolutely no idea. I did. I hated not having their support. I did. And 
coming up to the point of the wedding, um, I had a lot of thoughts about like, oh, like, should I do this? Like, I don't want to do this without my mom and dad's support. Um, but I did it anyways, um, out of fear of calling it off, out of losing my identity that I just found with this new person. Yeah. Because we we would, you know, go out all the time. I would never say I was like a partier, you know. I'd go out to dinner all the time and do all this extravagant stuff, at least for me. We would go on trips all the time. And it was just like so different and so fun. Yeah. And But quickly after we got married, I realized that this was dysfunctional. I realized there's something not right here. I'm not sure what it is. But there's something not right about this. Was it like a series of events or was it just like an intuition one day? You were like, something's off in the house or something. Um, well, I found that this person um, was very depressed. Mm. Um, and they weren't when we were dating. Um, they weren't like that at all. But it, it was like once we got back from our trip, honeymoon, um, they became a different person. And I, I learned that they could not show me love and affection. Um, they were always, they always had to have a new project. They always had to be doing something. I had, a, you know, some, one, one reason was, oh, well, you know, maybe I just need a new vitamin. It'll make me feel better and they can give you more attention. Our marriage will be better. Or maybe, maybe if I just paint this wall this color. Like the house be brighter, like I'll be happier, I'll be able to love you then, you know. And it's just like all these random, arbitrary things that like was that I was just like, okay, I guess like whatever works, you know. And they would lock themselves in the bedroom a lot in the evenings and would leave me alone. And there was just nothing that I could do to make them love me or care about me. And now I know what that is. That is seeking Christ and fulfillment because you will never find happiness or being content in anything besides Christ. And, and being like an ex-pastor, you know, they knew the truth. They denied the truth, but then they're still seeking and you will never find it. I can promise you that. I know that for a fact. Everything in this world besides Christ is fleeting. And, you know, especially for women or, or, you know, trying to be a woman, like we are marketed a lot of sayings such as you are enough, you are worthy. But why do we need to repeat that so many times? It's because we're not enough on our own. We need Christ to save us. And so that's why that doesn't really stick, right? So I realized now in hindsight that's what that person was doing, was seeking happiness. Happiness that I think modern day happiness is from the enemy because we're constantly seeking this like ecstasy, this kind of a high of, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy all the time. But no, we're called to be content in our circumstances. We're called for joy. You can be happy sometimes, yeah, but we're called to be joyful. And that's where, you know, we really experience life, I think, when we can look at circumstances in that way. After a while, I really started to miss dating just a man. I asked them to 
wear men's cologne. I asked them to wear men's clothing. Um, they didn't really want to do that, understandably. And I felt very trapped in that relationship. Um, I got tired of not being loved, not feeling cared for, of not being with somebody that I was 100% attracted to. I got tired of the politics of LGBT that you hear about a lot on Instagram, for example. Um, I got tired and I served him papers. And um, I, I became more depressed than ever. Each life circumstance, I'm just like more and more and more depressed. I'm thinking... I'm divorced at 26 years old. Who is going to want me? Mm. Like, really? And so I went full force into astrology, into tarot, into psychics, into Reiki, into crystals. I needed a foundation. I needed something to help me because I knew I could not help myself. I experienced severe, um, I guess I would call it, spiritual warfare in a way. Um, I experienced a lot of demonic activity um, that I couldn't get away from. These things started chasing me. I, I could hardly like, be in my house at night. It felt like it was like raining in my house with anxiety and with fear. I could physically feel like the pressure of it. I couldn't get them to go away either, no matter what I did. I've seen things in my house move. I've had things touch me. I've heard voices. I've heard demonic chanting. Um, so many things. And I lived <clears throat> in fear for several years. Would you say like the uh, the voices that you heard, you said you saw things as well, the chanting. Would you say that this is like uh, an hallucination or obviously it was it physically? Like, I mean... What, what I mean by that is what you saw, right? Mm -hmm. Was this like a physical apparition that's in front of you? Or do you think that you're maybe hallucinating or even dreaming at this point? Well, sometimes I'm, I'm standing up and I'm like at my closet. And okay. all, all of a sudden something comes up at me and I feel the energy and I can see it in my mind. Okay. I usually don't see it in person like I uh -huh. see you. Yep. It's happened a few times, but usually I see it in my mind and I see this black faceless creature just staring at me and just like taunting me and I just want to get out. So I've this is a, go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to. No, I've, I've taken pictures in my home and I've seen things in the picture, like blurs in the background, things like that. I've seen my pantry door open and close. Okay. Um, just a lot of things. And, you know, yeah, maybe some things were hallucinations. I can mm -hmm. say that. But there were times that I have heard something move. My eyes were closed. And I saw the figure, this glowing blue figure, walk out of my room. And so, I mean, I've encountered a lot of things like that. That, you know, it wasn't like a, oh, this happened one time. Like, maybe, maybe not. It was like, no, I know this happened because this has happened countless times. Now, let me interrupt real quick. So, yes. you you said that this started happening whenever you started vamping up the astrology. Mm -hmm. Did this demonic activity ever, ever, any time that you can think of, happen before 
uh, during the depression with uh, the the spouse. Um, whenever you were just getting into astrology, did anything like that ever happen during those times? Or was it only when you started really vamping up in the astrology? It actually, I've had a few encounters with spirits. Um, okay. When I was 18, 17, 18, I actually used to work at a funeral home, um, cleaning it at 3 a.m. Oh, boy. That's yeah. A dream job. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. It's my first time job. And <laughs> oh, no. Um, my dad had a friend who owned a company who did that. And, yeah. you know, she was hiring just like young people to go in and do it. And yeah, I bet. <laughs> I, I was there, I was vacuuming and wow. um, I was pushed. Oh, wow. I was pushed. I caught myself, but I felt this intense, like cool breeze pushing my back okay. and then pull back out. And I was just like, what? And mm -hmm. I, I don't know how I didn't run. I was like paralyzed. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I've also been with other people there and we've heard voices like it's a crowded room. Like there's a whole wake going on. We turn the corner. Nobody Nothing. there. It's 1030 at night. The elevator's going up and down, Yeah, you know, on its own. And so after that, you know, it calmed down for a while. Okay. Um, I wasn't really into enough really outside of that building. Okay. But then it really ramped up once I got into astrology full time. Okay. So that's what I'm trying to establish was these things were, you, I mean, you call them demons. So I'll just say, I'll just say, call it that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but did what I'm trying to figure out is were they, what's the word I'm looking for? Were they introduced to you? Uh, did they start coming around? or and, and through the astrology or mm. was it like were they i'm trying to figure out this because i haven't talked about this in a while so bear with me but were they located to like the funeral home or looking back in hindsight would you say no i brought these things in whenever i started doing astrology and they've been following me around ever since does that make they sense they followed me okay all right um you know i don't know if the ones from the funeral home followed me but sure when I was in astrology and I was dating that person, mm -hmm. I had moved several times. Okay. And each time it was like I had a few months free of stuff and all of a sudden they found me again. Okay. And I felt like I was being hunted down and that I would I would never be free of them. Did anything ever happen at the hair salon? No. Okay. Okay. That I worked at, you mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I don't believe so. Was that the family-owned business? No, um, oh, okay. I work. I work at a printing company. Gotcha. But yes, things did happen there. Okay. I've been like in the bathroom and the lights have gone out mm -hmm. um, several times, and ever since I'm not into astrology, that has not happened. Okay. Which Fair is enough. interesting. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I I clean um, the offices as well, and there's times when I was. Um, still in astrology that I heard voices calling my name that the lights would go off. That I could wow. feel a presence. I felt so terrified. And to this day, when I clean the office, I play the Bible out loud because I know that Jesus makes the demons tremble mm -hmm. and they know who he is. Mm -hmm. And so I, that protects me. Jesus protects me from that. Amen. Amen. All right. Sorry. I didn't mean to sidetrack. I was no, just, I think I was those are great really questions. Curious. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Because you hear so much about, you know, astrology and i see on tiktok all the time where mm. ex I, I mean i'm just gonna call it like it is pagans 
will mm-hmm. say this the exact same thing that you're saying, Megan. And mm-hmm. they're warning people, look, do not get into this. I mean, I back in the day, I used to be into, I really wanted to astral project. That was my main yeah. goal. If I could ever astral project, that was the thing. And I truly believe at this point, looking back, that God protected me from that, right? And yes. there was a reason that he protected me from that is because once you start delving into tarot cards, once you start d- diving into crystals and all of these different things, angelic numbers, whatever, right? They're mm. opening a door for these entities to manifest themselves to you. It, mm. would you. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Okay. It's a door. It's a gateway. Okay. You know, right I, I did kind of deal with angel numbers as well. Um, I noticed that I was seeing a lot of triple numbers during that time when I was actively looking for angel numbers. Okay. So, so that's interesting. What are just if for, for I don't know. Uh, what mm-hmm. are angel numbers like? What what's the deal with them? Um, each number is assigned to different meanings. I can't recall right now. Okay. What they are, for example, like in the Bible, like seven is like a number of completeness. Right. You right. know, so it's kind of like each thing has its own number, and if you see like maybe like two threes that's kind of like signifying like oh this might be happening if you see three of them then it's like oh yep this is this is on your path you better watch out for this or this is coming your way or whatever so repetition is better yes yeah the more of that same number in a row the more it like kind of like emphasizes that okay okay So, so another another form of astrology basically yeah gotcha yeah another form of you know finding your own path okay um so yeah i was chased by demons for a long time i'm sorry did you say something no i I was just saying okay okay cool um and i just i lived in fear i didn't know what to do and so i one day i called a new age shop that i had gotten a lot of my crystals from out of desperation and i said these things won't leave me alone what do i do and I said, oh, you have authority over them. You know, you just have to have more confidence. And then so I thought, okay. You know, I thought that was kind of like, mm, it doesn't seem right. But what else do I have? So I dove even deeper into it. I thought, you know, if I master this, if I know this, they can't mess with me. Right. I'll know how to deal with them. They won't be able to haunt me anymore. I won't be so depressed. I won't be terrified when I go to sleep at night. And so I did. And, you know, like James 1, 15 tells us after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when full grown gives birth to death. And when I read that verse, I think about what I did because it's like, it's like incremental, like it goes down, 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 down death. Yeah. And that's what I was doing to myself. Um, Did you ever think you could, you could control them? Uh, not really, uh, okay. truly. I I did the thing where you um, sage your house. Okay. Um, thinking that like, oh, you know, that will work. That will get rid of the energy. Um, no. Okay. It didn't. Didn't it, that didn't work? Um, things like that. Okay. Do you have any more questions about that part before I move on? Uh, Josh has been pretty silent. I know you're yeah. kind of into the paranormal stuff, brother. Do you have any questions for Megan? I I was resisting the urge, to be honest with you. <laughs> Let it um, out. Come on. Okay. What's interesting and what stands out to me? Let me, let mm-hmm. me just go back here. What this is where I'm at so far with what you've with what you've granted, right? You grew up in a kind of 
cafeteria Catholic is what they call it. Uh, not religious yeah. at all kind of family. Uh -huh. Right. But you ended up instead of being, let's say, a just a plain materialist or something like that. You ended up noticing that you're rather sensitive to perceiving patterns in your own experiences. And you obviously desired community. You said that mm -hmm. specifically a foundational belief that you wanted um, and an identity, something to latch on to that you could identify in and with. Uh, and so you used astrology as a kind of explanatory power and guide in your life. Mm -hmm. And in that time, you met somebody who was, uh, let's let's say, confused about their identity mm -hmm. as well and was trying to, you know, find something of the same, this this community, a foundational belief in an identity, something that they could believe in and, and have a reason to do things for, um, you know, and, and accepting something like rebellion as your identity pushed you away from God and you feel like you're inflicting your decisions onto your family and your friends and you feel guilty and stuff. Then you have this internal kind of trapped feeling about the marriage and the, the whole thing. And then the culmination of all those things together puts you in a position to start interacting almost willfully, but still ignorantly with the darkness that you were kind of swimming in. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's like yeah. all, all that you're describing are things that I can see let's say, narratively bringing you further and further. And as you descend, it's kind of like faster. Yes. You know, you're just gaining speed, you know. And so obviously there's there's only two kinds of stories, a tragedy or a, or a redemption story. And so I can see, you know, kind of where, where the motif is going. But it's like mm -hmm. I want to I, I almost keep wanting to ask like, the, the knowledge that you had or the experiences, I don't know how, you know, like, let's say intellectual you got about the astrology and the beliefs and stuff. You said your friends never really challenged you on anything. So I expect you weren't really like, you know, like debating your friends about certain different facets of how, let's say, the enchantment of life worked. Right. No. But like you, you, you have, let's say, some some knowledge about what it was you were seeking at the time. Mm -hmm. Does any of that stuff have any overlap? into your Christianity or was it all completely bunk? Um, I kind of want to ask if you can rephrase that last part a little differently to make sure I understand. Okay. So, so like all of the, all of the things that you learned about, like you, you had this correlation idea, the mm -hmm. moon does things to the tides. Why can't the planets do, do things to me and my, my heart, my circumstances, my situation, the energy around me, whatever. Oh, okay. Um, is, is there anything that you learned from like that worldview that you were illustrating? Is there anything that you learned in that, that kind of had any overlap with your Christianity to where mm -hmm. you were like, I can see why that part like stuck with me. You know what I mean? But it was mm -hmm. wrong because of this, but I can see where it was going. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. kind of thing. Is there anything that like tied over into where you are now that you can say, oh, this is what the person who's in astrology, this is what they're missing. They need to see this part and then it won't lead them into magic. It'll lead them into the arms of God. Um, I believe it's Romans one twenty five says that they, um, they denied the truth and worship the creation rather than the creator who is to be praised forever and ever. Amen. Um, I worship the creation, not the creator. And so when I put myself, like I, I'm going to get to it a little bit, but like I thought like the universe, whatever that means, was sending me signs. Mm -hmm. 
Right. But, and I thought there was something bigger than me. And that is God who was in the beginning. And so that kind of translated over. Um, something um, that brought me to faith was that I, for some reason, did not realize that in the Bible, like there are spiritual beings. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I I just never thought about it, you know. Um, but one thing when I said, like, I can't be a Christian because I believe in demons. I've been haunted by these things. I know that they're real. And I was told, like, oh, well, we believe in that, too. And I go, you do? Huh. And then I started seeing a few common ground things that, like, eventually, as, as we'll get into that part of my story, you know, I'm starting to make that shift of, like, well, I'm not accountable to the universe. I'm accountable to God. I'm worshiping what he created, yeah. not the creator who was bigger than the created thing that came before the created thing. I'm, I'm like worshiping plan B. Like this isn't any good. Like this doesn't help me. The universe doesn't care about you. Crystals don't care about you. You know what I mean? I, well, I did Reiki. I don't know if you know what Reiki is, but basically it's called, it's like energy healing. I use scare quotes because, you know, obvious reasons. And I've done it a few times and I'm laying on a table and like there's something called like chakras. If you've heard of that, it's like yep. energy. And so like what she's doing is she's trying to make my chakras go in the right direction to like balance the flow of energy in my body to heal me from trauma. And so as I'm laying on this table, my eyes are closed. I can see smoke spinning around and it's purple and it's just spiraling and I'm like seeing visions and things like that. And then all of a sudden, like I feel all these beings like walk in the room and I'm surrounded by people. And I say, who's in the room? And she says, Archangel Michael. Hmm. And I'm like, okay. But I mean, I'm convinced that it was not him yeah. <laughs> at this point, but she wanted to heal me. And she did something called cord cutting, which is just about um, trying to remove energy from people. Like if you work in like a very public job, you come home, you feel worn out because there's so much energy on you. And then she wanted to remove that from me and like heal me. So Reiki is about like removing that and like aligning you, but it opens you up to so much evil. So let's back up real quick, Megan. So mm -hmm. you, so, okay. So Reiki, then you call someone and make like an appointment to go to this mm -hmm. person's house or is it like a clinic or, or describe to me what the environment there is like? So, yeah, it's kind of like if you call and make an appointment for a massage, you know, you, you schedule your time and your day. It's an hour long. Okay. Um, I went to a local crystal shop. There's, you know, if you find a crystal shop, okay. it's usually a new age shop okay. um, and they do tarot um, readings. They have psychics. Um, Palm readings, maybe. Yeah, definitely okay. that, you know, okay. teaching anything and everything about how to get through this life in your own strength pretty much, okay. you know, all the crystals and things like that. So after, so after, can you describe, I mean, I know you went into a little bit of detail, so walk me through you. So you walk in the door, you got your appointment mm -hmm. made, you walk in the door, the person leads you to a back room, I'm assuming. And then you said mm -hmm. you lay down on a table mm -hmm. and what, what are they doing? What's, so you're sitting there with your eyes closed, right? What mm -hmm. exactly is the person that's performing this operation, I guess? technical word right mm -hmm. what they're removing something from your body right that you can't physically yeah. see hear, or touch it's energy so describe what are they doing exactly while they're performing this procedure 
she is calling on on beings to heal me. Okay. She's she is standing over me like this. Okay. And she's trying to channel energy and beings to come and heal me. And okay. throughout, I'm seeing the smoke swirl. And with each chakra, the color changes. Like okay. up here is, I believe up here is where purple was. So when she was up here, I'm seeing purple okay. down around your hip, your sacral sacral area. That's like the red. So you'd see the red. Okay. So hold um, on. So your eyes are closed, right? You're not looking yes. at yourself, right? Okay. So yeah. while she's moving, so whenever I close my eyes, I see dark eyelids, right? Mm -hmm. Whenever, so she's around your head, you're seeing purple. Then whenever she moves down to around your sacral, you said you see, what color was it? Red? Red. Yeah. So that's it, what you're it goes like a rainbow. The colors will change as you go down your body. And you're actually seeing this. Yeah. I'm actually seeing it. And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, at least I know it works. You know? Right, that's what I'm thinking. Like, it's like it's like this, this, this background, yeah. this background of this picture that we're all on with the smoke. It's yeah. like imagine that in different colors, but it's swirling around. Okay. You know, consistently. Okay, right, right. It's actually it's moving. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And, um, go ahead. Go ahead. And yeah, and she's calling on beings. Um, I'm not sure exactly who she thinks they are. I know they're not of God now. Um. But Did she, she say can... Michael the Archangel or yes. what, what, what and, was some of the names that she said? Um, Michael, Raphael, um, who's the other big one in Catholicism? Gabriel? Yes, Gabriel. Um, she thinks that she's calling on those three. Okay. Um, and so I actually feel people enter the room. It feels like I'm in a crowded room. Okay. And I feel claustrophobic, but it's only me and her. And she's standing over me. Did you physically see anybody? Or is no. this just a feeling like you're in a crowded room? It it just feels like it, but I saw visions. Okay. And I, I remember seeing one time okay. I saw a woman in gold, like shining gold, and she lifted up her child, and then it was gone. I saw an owl appear to me. Um, mm -hmm. I have an owl tattoo. Oh, I can't really show you at this angle. Um, but I have a few owl tattoos because that was my spirit animal. Okay. And they used to um, come to me in dreams and visions. Okay. Um. So I saw owls as well. Okay. Okay. Josh, you got anything about Reiki? Uh, no. I'm just all all too familiar with the the power of of uh, you know, things like uh, <laughs> well, it's it. Let's let's just say human experience is something that I think is more fundamental than Let me the material around us. So, okay. being somebody who's rather a mystic himself even as a Christian, I believe that the unseen things are almost more real than the seen things. Mm -hmm. And so I don't discount human experience like a lot of people would. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I, I really don't have anything to add. You're really, you're covering this very, very, very well. Like I, I like the way that you're describing it, um, mm -hmm. trying to, you know, go into the, the, the detail of the, the, the way the colors kind of, uh, the spectrum and, and seeing the way that it would kind of descend down your body and so forth. Josh, let me, yes. let, yeah, let me just real quick. I want, so I want to, I want to take the shift off Megan for a second. You're doing great, Megan, by the way. And I want to, Josh, I want to bring you into the forefront and ask you a question. So why do you think she's seeing this stuff? Like, is it real? Like, I mean, what I'm, what I mean by that is if I go to this Reiki, whatever, you know, whatever I go to a spiritual healer, right. And I say, Hey, I want this, whatever Megan had done to her done to me. Right. Am I going to start seeing this stuff? And if, if I am, why wouldn't people do this? I I'm not sure that you would see things. Okay. Um, why, why not? 
for all the reason that the reasons that I enumerated when I was recapping her story, okay. she was swimming in darkness. Yep. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's, there's, it's like the people who have, ex- have experiences of God in their mountaintop moment of their Christianity. It's yeah. like, they didn't, they just didn't, it didn't like happen. Right. right. Like, you know what I mean? Like God, God, God seems to show things and do things with people who are in a position to be prepared to receive things. Mm-hmm. Right. Why would it be different for Satan? Mm-hmm. It seems as though people have to kind of be prepared to receive certain things. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. let's say I there's the, the average materialist who, who even, you know, they don't even have to be a scientifically minded person or an atheist. They just don't think that their experiences or their like the kind of facts don't care about your feelings, but taking that to a, like a, like just a practical, okay, well then fine. I don't, you know, whatever Whatever happens to me, I can just say I was probably hallucinating at best, sure. you know, and whatever. And then just the first thing that you assume is that, well, I'm crazy or I'm wrong or, you know, maybe maybe my my eyes deceive me or some other such thing. Right. Yeah. As though the mechanism that explains the how of something can explain the why or the what of something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just don't think that it's wise to think that people who have genuine experiences with spiritual things haven't up to that point become prepared or in that moment induced on themselves a state in which they could receive that. Mm. And, um, you know, if you were going just to kind of experiment with it and you weren't already in a position to receive from it, I don't think that you would have the deep kind of experience that she's describing. Um, But I do think that there's probably some in some sense, there's something that is there that is an inversion of what Christianity has to offer in a more immediate sense. Like, uh-huh. let's say I'm thinking about the, the you know, you're, you're an Orthodox catechumen and you know that when you go inside, there are sounds, there are smells, there are experiential things, there are participatory things. Yep. There's someone swinging incense. They're yep. blessing you. They're saying words. They're singing words. You're singing back. You bow to one another. It's all very symbolic. It's a very participatory, mm-hmm. but there's no demon in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like right. there's, there's something that I think that darkness can't invent for itself. Things that work. It has to, it has to take things that work and use them for wrongful things. That's why it's called a you know counterfeit. I mean? right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. But not exactly a counterfeit either, but really like a, like a ruse. Okay. You know, okay. So um, we don't. We believe, right? And just, just for our audience' sake, we believe Megan, right? We believe that you're seeing things. We believe that mm-hmm. you're actually hearing things. And whenever I say counterfeit, right? I'm so I'm thinking of whenever I worked at a gas station, and the only way I could tell the difference between a counterfeit twenty and a real twenty, right, was because I had so much experience with this real, right, with yeah. what the real is. That's how you train to detect counterfeit bills working at a gas station is because you spend so much time dealing with the realness. Once a, f- a counterfeit or a fake is presented to you, you can automatically tell the difference, right? So I believe, exactly. So I believe 100%, like you're actually seeing things. I believe if somebody that is in the same position that you were goes to one of these places, especially if they're hoping to see something, will. I believe these yes. things work, right? And that doesn't mean that we should pursue them, which is what Josh has nailed. That does mm-hmm. not, because you experience something, doesn't mean you should pursue it, right? There's a right way and there's a wrong way to experience the supernatural realm that we like yeah. to call it, you know? And and I, I think your story, like I'm going to connect the dots here at the end 
but mm -hmm. I think you're doing a fantastic job, Megan. I'm just like, what? Like, wow. Like, this is really amazing. Oh, um, thank you. So yeah. I don't mean to interrupt and go off on a tangent no. there. Please Perfect. continue your story. So to um, respond to Josh, yeah, you are yeah. correct. I was like an open house with an unlocked door. Come on in. I'm trying to find the truth. Anything that finds me, I want to know. I want to find it. Yeah. So anything that wanted to find me did. Um, and then to answer your question from before, I'll probably find more answers too. Um, what I brought from that over to Christianity is spiritual warfare. And I just want to read a verse so that people mm. know what I'm talking about. And it's from Ephesians mm -hmm. six. And it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And that is what I experienced. But I didn't I didn't understand that there was a side of good. You know, in this world, we have to have duality. I did not understand that. Um, I didn't understand that with, you can't have good without evil or evil without good, you, you know, to compare. Um, so I only saw the bad. But you saw that there was something like a hierarchy, that there was power, mm -hmm. you know, you saw like, that's, I think that's part of, that's one of the, that's one of the more drastic parts of the experiential thing. And it's not like God can't be experienced in power because I think we're all aware that he can, mm -hmm. but it seems as though God's not interested mainly in the experience of his power and his raw awesomeness and the, you know, I'm going to cry because of the right worship song and all of these kind of things. Um, it, for the reasons you described and, and I was trying to recap just now is that if you're chasing the experience and, and you're doing it, like you said, the universe, um, energy, you know, things like that, it, it, you're, what you're doing and what you're aiming at, and the things that you desired, community, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, a sense of foundation and something that can guide you and also an identity. Mm -hmm. Those things don't happen without a person. Mm -mm. And so God is a person. <laughs> like that's I, that's I think what what's missing. It's like God's a yeah. person. Yeah. And if you want community, you don't have community with objects. You have community yeah. with a person. If you want something to guide you, you know, community and guidance from objects, right? You have community and guidance from persons. And if you mm -hmm. want an identity, identity isn't negotiated with objects. It's negotiated with public, with people, society. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, those are the things that I think uh, for me would be like, when you were experiencing those things, these dark entities were keeping you isolated, I am assuming. Yes. Yeah, because society, mm -hmm. community, identity—my identity was in that. that from you because it's what you wanted. Yeah, my identity. Although I was terrified to be alone in my own home, especially at night, mm -hmm. I almost craved spiritual communication because it made me mysterious. It gave me an identity of like, oh, I have another story. Oh, like this happened. You know, a lot of people that I knew didn't mess with that kind of stuff. And I thought it gave me cliche. It gave me an edge, you know, it gave me this personality. And it's like, oh, well, that's Megan. She she's the one that does all that stuff, you know. Yeah. And I found my identity in that. And that's why I continued to chase it. Okay. So after that, I dated a guy. This is 
at this point, this is several months after my divorce. Okay. I dated a guy for um, a few months and we were getting along really well, but then he started to manipulate me, um, guilt me. At one point he slapped me on the hand and um, started to become more threatening to me. So um, I left and I remember on New Year's Eve, I spent it all alone. And I remember sitting on my bed crying while the fireworks are going off. Hmm. And at this point, I'm like praying to the universe and like God, if he exists or like anything out there, I'll take anything. Will you send me a good man? Will you send me a man that cares about me? Hmm. And I was on a dating website and I woke up in the morning and I found a message from Isaiah. And... You know, we, we quickly met a few days later and we started dating. And he wants me to say this for him. You guys asked me the other day if he was ever bitter with God. Yeah. And he and in the moment, he didn't really think about it, but he was bitter with God when his first wife left him. Okay. Um, one day, um, her she's from Maryland mm-hmm. and her grandmother was very ill. Okay. So... She was going to go back to be with her while she was, I guess, dying on hospice. You know, obviously wasn't there. Yeah. Um, and she never came back. Oh. And so he he was very bitter with God about, like, I'm trying to be a godly husband and a godly man. Yeah. And she left and would not reconcile. So during that time, he was bitter. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of why we were dating, because he didn't care so much about his faith. Yeah. Um, but the more that we dated the more his faith grew back and the more I got deeper into paganism. Okay. So and, now real quick, let me interrupt. So is yeah. he married at this time? Whenever, so the wife leaves, mm-hmm. are they, are they separated at this point before you guys start dating or is there still kind of a thing there? Oh no, they're totally separated. Divorced, okay. everything. Right. Yeah. All right. Just um, no, yeah, that's cool. It's actually interesting and shows me Providence because yeah. um, she left him the same weekend i left my spouse the same weekend and it's just so interesting how god's timing is always perfect isn't it so we were dating and he played in the praise band at his church okay and i you know i loved him and i want to support him i did not want to go to church but i wanted to be there for him so one day i showed up and i surprised him and um I went to church for the first time willingly (laughs) and that Sunday was preaching about if you don't believe in Jesus, you know, you're going to go to hell. And it's just kind of a timely sermon. (laughs) Um, And it just was like, uh, okay, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, But, you know, the more I went to church with him, the more angry I would get during service the more convicted i'd feel the more i'd be like this is so stupid like these people like everyone in here believes this like why do they believe this you know but outwardly at least i think i was you know kind to people and like yeah you believe in that that's cool you know but inside i'm just like "Mm." you know but then almost like why yeah like why like you know because like here in new age i think i had the secret knowledge I think I have what y'all don't have. You don't know the truth about the universe. Like, but yeah. you're all over here praising God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I know, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't know. <laughs> okay. Long story short, I didn't know. So the, let me ask you this, Megan, real quick. The mm-hmm. more you're going to church, you said the more angry you're getting, right? Are you then 
going deeper into paganism while mm-hmm. you're getting more angry with it. So how far did you eventually get down the road of paganism and astrology? Like, like what, what was your extreme that you would say that you were diving and dabbling into at this point? Right before I was saved, I was about to dabble into being a witch. I was about okay. to start casting spells I talked to the lady who performed Reiki on me and I asked her, like, how do I do that? She's like, okay, you, you say this and you like believe this and you leave this thing out and you light a candle and you let it burn out. And I was just like, well, how, how do I make that acceptable to other people? And she was just say you're lighting the candle. People love candles, like, you know. And so I had so, this candle she gave me and yeah. I never really pursued it. Okay. Okay, so these are so she's a witch, then mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. All right. And so she's telling you about how to cast not just a spell, but a spell on someone else. Is that it could fair? be. It could be. Oh, it was more okay. starting of like prosperity, money, you know, you can cast a spell to attract anything into your life. You know, I believe in the law of attraction as well. Right. Like if you put this, you know, feel out, it'll attract. Kind of like how I put this feeling out for like demons. I attracted demons. Right. You know, so I was like, okay, well, if I, you know, like this candle and I say this thing, I I have the power to do this. I have the power. I have everything inside me that I need. I just have to find it. It's like an archaeological dig to find the good things in me. Okay. And I need these crystals. I need the rake. You need the tarot to find it. Okay. So these are the tools to help you discover what's inside of you to bring yes. you to your ultimate power, so to say. Yes. Okay. Yes. Garments of skin garments of skin very much so (laughs) okay yeah yeah, go ahead go ahead so oh go on i think he's not so go ahead megan (laughs) okay so i spent my birthday which is halloween doing halloween things wow yeah yeah right you know i worked at funeral home my birthday's on halloween i'm like you just put 666 on your forehead yo yeah yeah, one time for halloween literally i did that upside down cross um thinking i was cool yeah, I've been um, attracting I've been more there. things. Yeah, yep. you get it. Um, yep. Thinking, you know, oh, I'm edgy. You know, it's like, no, you're stupid. <laughs> yeah. <Don't> do that. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, on that day, I bought a book about astrology. I bought a crystal yeah. necklace. And, you know, Isaiah and I are dating, and he's just, he's like, I don't think I can do this anymore. Okay. And yeah. I say, okay, well, you know, you wanted me to be firm in my truth or something like that. I said something like that. And he goes, that's not what I meant. Mm. And I started crying. And so, you know, he's driving to work and he hears a voice say, be patient. So how long are you guys dating at this point? Are you months? Um, We started dating around, well, we we met in January and we didn't date right away. So we kind of dated around, oh, April 11th. Okay. And then at this point, um, it's my birthday. So October 31st. Okay. So about half a year then at this point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so then he hears be patient. So he listens to that call. And so, you know, we're in church and a lot of people, you know, rag on the song. I hate the song, but Reckless Love is one of the songs that actually changed me. Yeah, yeah. um, And brought me to faith. I I can see why people don't like it. in, in my view, it I've is heard reckless. So many things about it, yeah. Yeah, in my view, it is reckless for a human being. I mean, not about a human being to leave his whole investment for like one. Mm. You know, so for me, like 
it, it is reckless to do that. Um, and so that verse, it says, which of you men, if you had 100 sheep and lost one of them, wouldn't leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one that was lost until he found it. And when he has found it, he carries it on his shoulders rejoicing. Yeah. And so I remember asking my mother-in-law, what's the 99? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And she told me, and I just kind of felt like, mm, like I don't, I don't really understand. Okay. You know, but I just kind of kept that in my back pocket. So at that point, you know, it's October. We get to Christmas. Isaiah gave me a Bible for Christmas. And I remember thinking, like, why did you give me this? Like, you kind of wasted your money. Like, I'm not going to use this. Okay. Um, But I even wrote him a thank you note (laughs) saying, like, thank you for sharing your faith with me. That means a lot to me that, like, you care about me so much that you want to do that. Yeah. And I would say within a couple weeks, a month at most, um, he's over at my condo. He's watching football. The Bible's back in my room. And I'm curious. I'm curious to see what it says. Okay. And so I go back in my room and I open it randomly. And mind you, growing up Catholic, like I said, I didn't know how to read the Bible. I didn't know how to find anything. So did you understand the difference between Catholicism and Christianity at this point? Because Isaiah is not a Catholic, right? Is there no. is that starting to kind of break apart for you at this point? Saying, okay, Isaiah seems a little different than what my parents are. It was, is yeah. that a fair statement to make? Okay. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, I always heard that like the Catholic God was mean and the Christian God was loving. Interesting. And okay. and so that's what I always heard and associated with it. And so when I went to you know Catholic mass, you know the priest is in robes. There's all these sacraments. There's all these you know chanting kind of things. And then like at this church we were at, it was it was just just like oh, it looked like kind of like a normal room with a stage, you know. Yeah. And there were all these sacraments, and we didn't say the Hail Marys, and that confused me growing up. Okay. Because I was like, I don't think that I don't think Mary is God, but I don't, you know, I really didn't know anything, so I, no one answered that question for me either. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm back in the bedroom at this point. I flip open my Bible, ran, totally random. And I want you to keep in mind for the rest of my conversion story that I believe in signs, and I believe that what happens to me is sent to me on purpose. There is no such thing as a coincidence. Yeah. And that this is going to guide me. Okay. So I open up to the book of Ezekiel and I don't remember the verse at this point because I didn't care to remember it, mm-hmm. but it said the rebellious pagans must turn back. And I go, Oh, hmm. okay. And I knew I like, because of my beliefs, I knew that was for me. And I was like, I want something that feels better. Okay. I closed it. I opened it up to Acts, Lydia, the first pagan convert. And in that moment I said, Something's coming. I don't know what. I don't know how, but something's coming. That's going to be me. I'm not there, but it's going to yeah. be me. So before we go there, right? Mm-hmm. So you're yeah. you're diving into paganism. It sounds like for years at this point, but it mm-hmm. almost sounded like you just meant you didn't say it, but it, it kind of in my mind the way I took it was you wasn't really getting any satisfaction from this paganism. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. That's fair because I kept, since I kept going deeper, I kept thinking, oh, I'll find it. I'll find it. I'll find it. Okay. And then never, ever did. Gotcha. You, know, you, learn, you learn something new. You get a new crystal. 
I really thought the crystals could heal you. I thought the energy that they gave off yeah. would help me with things. I've mm -hmm. spent money on crystals thinking that they would heal me and they didn't. And we'll find out that a little bit um, yeah. with my last crystal. Okay. Um, so I'm reading that and I'm just like, okay. I don't remember if I told Isaiah that that happened right away or not. I don't remember what happened after that. Okay. But I remember like within the next like week or so, I felt so empty and depressed and like a feeling I've never felt before and haven't felt since. But I felt like if I would like go like this on my chest, they would ring out hollow because there was nothing in me. There was just nothing. It was gone. I didn't care about the crystals. I didn't care about astrology. I was like, this is nothing. Mm -hmm. This is nothing. And I want to explain one of the crystals because I want you to see how contrary to the gospel it is. Okay. So this is the last crystal I ever bought. It's kind of hard to see, but it's um, purple. It's actually very pretty. It is called Udeolite. Okay. Um, and I'm going to read the description for you of why I bought it. And I want you to see how contrary to the gospel it is. Yeah. And this is why I wanted it. It says, it opens us up to wisdom of the heart, teaching us how we can work on ourselves to heal and balance the emotions rather than looking forward, outward, sorry, rather than looking outward for the solution, look inward. UD Light is a powerful guide for diving into the heart as it empowers one to face depression and self-dissatisfaction so that one may find the underlying cause of these feelings. It promotes absent mind, absent forgiveness of the self and others, as well as self-love, releasing one from the negativity caused by fear, guilt, anger, and sorrow. This provides us with the time and focus to work on ourselves and learn from our, in scare quotes, mistakes. So this is telling me I can forgive myself. I, I'm not accountable to anyone but myself. I look inward for my solutions, not outward. When I, later I'll learn that I look outward to Christ. But here I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm on my own. And you know what? I think this is how I describe new age paganism is that I was like a dog roaming the streets with a leash in my mouth, trying to lead myself. Hmm. Nobody guide me. And then when Jesus saved me, it's, it's kind of cheesy, but he took that leash. He took yeah. me home. He gave me a new home. He cleaned me up. He adopted me. He made me part of his family and I was his. And now he leads me. Hmm. And that's, that's how I view it. And that's how I think about it. Okay. I like are it. you familiar I with, astrology. are you familiar with CS Lewis? A little bit, but to be honest, I really haven't read anything by him. Okay. If you ever get around to reading anything by him, uh, I, I think you would really appreciate it. He uses exactly that analogy uh, oh, to really? explain why it is that we take dogs into our homes is because they're so nearly lovable that we take the extra step to make them acceptable and lovable to us by bringing oh. them into their home, into our home and making them like us. It's exactly what, what God does with us. Is, what is, book is that from Josh? Uh, I believe that's from the problem of pain. Oh, no chronicles of Narnia. No, no, that, oh. that wouldn't be in chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. I believe that's in the problem of pain or in mere Christianity. I'm pretty sure it's in one, it's in one or both of those. Okay. That's really interesting because I hadn't heard that before. And that's just like what my conclusion was. He's on. he's he's one of those people that says things in a way that, oh, why didn't I think of that? You know? Yeah. Um, 
he's very very clever uh very clever guy but yeah i go ahead i just i that blessed me a lot the way you described that because for me it's like he's my favorite author so that's been that, yeah. that's been a view that i've had for me for a long time yeah so that was really that's a that's very cool to connect i'll put it like this megan even if josh never goes orthodox when c.s mm -hmm. lewis reposes and goes to be with the lord josh will be venerating him here <laughs> <laughs> i have heard he his work is amazing i do need to read it, it. i thought you're gonna recommend screw tape letters because i have heard about that and that seems similar to my story so mm -hmm. i will have to check him out then let me know what book that officially is from yeah for sure honestly if, for a good starting point if you want to read lewis is going to mere christianity yeah okay. um it's it's honestly something that even if you don't plan to read anything else by him it'll bless your heart for real okay. i will i will do that yeah so, so continuing on with my story i'm feeling utterly lost um, this last crystal I described did not give me the happiness that I thought, you know, at first it kind of, it made me feel like good. Like, you know, like a placebo, like I felt like, yes, like finally I feel happy, like for just a couple of days. And then all of a sudden it's just like I fell off a cliff emotionally and I was just so disappointed and let down. And, um, you know how in the Bible, God gives people dreams. God entered my worldview and gave me dreams. And so the first dream I had, I was over in Illinois. I'm from St. Louis, just so you guys know. Um, I'm over in Illinois and there's been a tornado, there's been a storm and every building has been leveled to the ground and I'm lost and I can't find my way home, but I see the arch and I know that's St. Louis. St. Louis is my home. Yeah. So I'm just gonna start walking towards that. And as I'm starting to walk towards that, I am like about to be dive bombed by thousands and thousands of angels that are saying, God is forever, God is forever. And I duck down and that's the end of the dream. Um, Isaiah, I asked Isaiah like, like, should I try to read the Bible? And he said, you need to read the book of John. So I read the book of John and I learned more about Jesus in that book than I ever had in private school. I was like, Jesus is like the inventor and king of sarcasm. Like, look at him. He's casting out demons. He's, but he's also incredibly loving to the poor and the lost. And I, I just like started to, for the first time, see who he was. Yeah. And I had another dream. And this dream has a lot of um, symbolism in it. Um, so I have this dream. I'm in a pool of water. Um, I'm holding a glass of wine. I, I'm guessing this means baptism and the communion. And this man comes up to me and he says, you know, tell me about your pain and depression. And I'm like, no, that's a weird way to introduce yourself to somebody, <laughs> you know? And he's like, I know, I know how you feel. I, but I want you to tell me, like, he's asking me to be vulnerable with him after I just meet him. Yeah. And I say, no, like... Why would you care about me? Like, you don't know me. I'm beyond help. I'm not worth it. I have no worth. Like, give up on me. See ya. Yeah. He goes, no, Megan, I know you love art. I know you love to draw. Should I create something for me to see that can show me the pain that you feel? Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, all right. And so suddenly I'm in the most beautiful library I think I'll ever see. 
and it's one of those ones that's stories and stories and stories high and they have those beautiful beautiful wooden ladders that slide and it's like you know if you ever seen beauty and the beast or whatever like you know there's just books everywhere and it's just i mean it's so ornate and gorgeous and i'm sitting here feeling like a second grader sitting at a table trying to cut paper to make a project to show this random man how I feel and how depressed I am. Yeah. And I don't remember if I even knew what I was trying to create, but I remember like trying to cut paper and it just, the, the shears just keep sliding on themselves. They won't cut. And I'm like, I'm stupid. Like I can't even cut paper. Like I'm worthless. This guy cannot help me. And so I go find him and I turn around, turn the corner and there's this just majestic, like, I don't even know what we call it, but have, do you know what steampunk is with yeah. all the gears and like the copper pipes? And it's just this very like huge universe, a system that's working seamlessly and everything's going and it's intricate and there's little pieces and it's as tall as this library and it's filling up the whole place. And I'm like looking around and, you know, it's really interesting how it's just working so seamlessly. I go behind it and I find that man and I find him and he's working this whole system effortlessly and his back is to me and I just go give up on me. And he turns around and goes, no, he gets behind me. He puts his hands over my hands and the scissors cut. And I woke up and I confessed faith in Christ because I knew it was him. I knew he wow. saw me in my pain. I knew that he called me out. One of my favorite verses is, um, Genesis 16, 13, it says, so she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing. For she said, truly, here I have seen the one who looks after me. Hagar. Yes. And that's yeah. how I felt. In my distress, in my life, he looked after me. And that that is one of my favorite verses because that's exactly how it felt. So you really had... You are not wrong that your dream is full of symbolism. That was, yeah. that was, that was pretty engaging. Tyler mm -hmm. knows my thing with dreams, but um, I've confessed that, many to Josh. <laughs> that was that was unique. I would love to pick at that more, but that's that's for another time. Okay. Um, yeah. I I think I think the the coolest part though about what you brought out was that when you turned a corner which is there, that's deeply symbolic on its own, but you turned mm -hmm. a corner and things changed. Not only mm -hmm. did you see the library, you saw the whole interworking of everything. Not only was there, not only was there knowledge and wisdom just painted all over every corner of what was around you, but you also saw that the universe had an owner operator. I love that. Mm -hmm. I think that's my favorite part of your dream is that you're like, wait a minute, like, okay, it's not the books, it's not the shelves, you know? Oh, geez. It's the motorcycles. It's not <laughs> motorcycles. It's not, you know, and it's like, it's, there's, there's something that's going on behind this, which was what I was talking about earlier is the unseen mm -hmm. things and, and yeah. how that it's almost more real. Right. So, yeah. so for that entire time of your experience of, like you said, relying on this impersonal force or the universe or energy or whatever, or, you know, mediums to get lesser spirits to do things like, within that that frame of operation the way that god approaches you is i think really appropriate you know what i mean so the fact that mm -hmm. i just really love that that 
the, just that the universe had an owner operator. You're like, oh, he's yeah. the guy. And you're like, well, then I'm talking to you now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. so in your dream, you didn't have to learn how to pray. It just is what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I also find it fascinating that he was working it so seamlessly because the Bible, I don't know if it's first Kings or second Kings, but somebody in there says, nothing is too hard for you, God. Nothing is too hard. And that's the thing. He's working the whole universe and it it's not even challenging to him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think, I think, I think that's, that's, you know, one of those things where I, if God's kind of, you know, working past here and just getting to here, right. Mm-hmm. And then it slowly works its way back up, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's really cool. And I, I, so, so from that, from that point in your, in your conversion, cause that was a kind of conversion moment in the, in the dream itself is when you really began to speak to him, you mm-hmm. know, it was like, well, now I know, I know that you're here. Well, I, yes. for whatever reason, already trust you. So yeah. you, you know, I'm just going to tell you outright, I'm, I'm probably not worth time. And he's like, no, I'm not, I don't play that game. You know what I mean? Like that, I think that's, yeah. that response is perfect. From mm. that moment, did you finally feel the, like, did he make you feel like part of uh, that, that, that you could be part of a community and, and that he, like, cause you obviously felt he was going to guide you like that, or you wouldn't have said yeah. something. So that part is there. Did you mm-hmm. feel the community and identity right away? No, not not yet. Um, I just I just knew suddenly that I was accountable to something or someone. Ooh, okay. That it was no longer about me guiding myself, but there's somebody else that I'm accountable to. And he literally left 99 to come get me. Like he made the effort to come get me put me on his shoulder with me kicking and screaming and said, no, you're done. You're done. I'm saving you from your fear. I'm saving you from the enemy. I'm saving you from all the dangerous things you're doing. It's enough. Mm-hmm. And so my favorite verse, my, I guess you can call it a life verse. I don't know. <laughs> this, 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 this describes how I feel about being saved by Jesus Christ. It says, it's, it's Psalm 40, by the way. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and he heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and he set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. And that's what he did. He saw me. I didn't know I was crying to him, but I was crying. He came, he rescued me, he pulled me out of the darkness, he put me on a firm foundation, and he goes, you're going to sing to me now, you're going to praise me, you're going to follow me, and I'm going to protect you, I'm going to be your shepherd. Mm-hmm. And that perfectly, I think, sums up the last like hour and a half of that's what he did for me. Yeah. You know, I find that absolutely fascinating. And first of all, real quick, just a real quick interjection mm-hmm. um, for our audience. I, I see our comments going just absolutely crazy with people crying, with people saying, I love this. Y'all help us out. Help us get this episode out. I told Megan right before uh, we went live is that I absolutely loved the conversation we had with her husband last week. And I know this one is going to be similar. And if not, Megan, I think it's exceeded those expectations, to be perfectly honest with you. But if you like this video, please hit the thumbs up. If you're on Facebook watching, hit the little heart. You know, love this, like it, share it, comment so the YouTube algorithms can hear Megan's story. I really think this needs to be pushed uh, because there's so many people involved in astrology, in paganism. Let's Uh just call it what it is. And here's the thing that gets me, Megan. You, I love, I thank you for bringing up 
that last crystal, because the thing that's been going through my mind ever since you brought that up is the passage, man shall not be alone. It is not good for man Mm -hmm. to be alone. And Mm -hmm. this whole time for the past hour and a half, you summarized it perfectly in that statement you just made, right? It's Mm -hmm. about me. It's about me. I have the power to do this. I can do this. Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Me, 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 me. That only leads to narcissism, in my opinion, narcissism Mm -hmm. and tyranny, right? And and it's not about that. So in my mind, I see what you're saying is that it's so anti-gospel because once we actually take off the leaves that we put on ourselves to cover up for our shame and whatever, right, the works of our hands, and we give it to God and he closes us in his righteousness, I mean, this is what people are seeking. This is what you were seeking, this this mm-hmm. purpose, this identity. My identity, Josh's identity, and now your identity. We have an identity. It's just in Christ and not in the world. And so Absolutely. I love how this is turning out. So please continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and before we get into um, part of the um, faith and suffering part, I just want to yeah. throw out that like you were very correct because... If you go to Barnes and Noble, you go to Five Below. Look at the self-help books. Look at the tables. It's all crystals. It's all tarot cards. It's all yeah. about angel numbers. I mean, everywhere you go, it's about you can do this for yourself. You can do this for yourself. You can grow this way, mm-hmm. and it's marketed and it's specifically marketed mostly towards women because women are more insecure. They're trying to find their worth more, mm-hmm. um, and so it's it's typically pushed at least in my opinion, push more Mm -hmm. towards us women who are looking for that and looking to be accepted and looking to be loved. And we're just like, oh, if I like have this crystal, you know, like the green one, I use this one. This is called adventuring. It's supposed to attract love. Yeah. This is selenite. This is supposed to help you reach higher powers. Yeah. Um, Maybe it works. I obviously talked to some things, but I don't know. But, you know, it's like you look in society, you go out in the world. The Bible says that Satan is prowling around like a lion, and he is. Ephesians 6 is more real than anybody can even fathom. Every single day out in the world, it's there's no neutrality. You, yeah. You're either for evil or you're for Jesus Christ. There's no in-between. You can't be on the fence. You can't say, eh, I don't know. Because if you're, eh, I don't know, then you're not for Jesus. Right. And... You like we constantly need to be in prayer. I think Christians have a hard time praying because we go, oh, I don't feel like it. But guess what? People in paganism don't feel lazy about doing their pagan worships. They don't feel lazy about, you know, summoning demons. They don't feel lazy about casting um, spells. So if we are in a war and, you know, if you're a prayer warrior, warrior means you're fighting something. And that's what you're doing when you enter in the prayer with God, when you boldly approach this throne you are saying, God, I, uh, your kingdom come, not the world. Your kingdom come. You take over this. You fight this. And so that's incredibly important for us as Christians to be like, I'm not going to be lazy in prayer anymore. I'm going to push forth. Amen. Amen. I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. Josh, anything that you want to add to that? No. No. Not at Good all. Good to go. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, so Megan, let's so let let's start. I mean, we have been transitioning into into your mm-hmm. faith journey. So, how exactly is what? So you have this dream. You tell Isaiah about it. I'm assuming at this mm-hmm. point, right? What's his reaction to your convert? I'm going to call it your conversion dream. That that sounds like the moment that 
you're like, okay, I'm going to open myself up to God at this point. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So what's Isaiah's reaction at this point then? Oh, it's hard to remember exactly. He was happy for me. Okay. Um, I got baptized at his church. He didn't want to baptize me himself um, because he okay. didn't want people to think like, oh, you know, I'm making it because we're dating. He wanted right. somebody else to do it. So somebody else did do it. Okay. Um, I think one of his concerns is he he thinks that a lot of people won't believe me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, that's made up. You just made it up. God doesn't save their dreams. But um, for me, like, God enters people's worldview in the Bible. Yeah. And he works with that oftentimes. And he gave Joseph a dream. He gave other people dreams. And, you know, I'm not going to put God in a box and say he can't save how he wants to save. He's given Muslims dreams right now. And, yeah, I have uh, heard about that. That's fantastic. And- yeah, in in uh, predominantly Iran Muslim countries, and they are coming to Christ by the, I, I, I mean, I don't want to give a number, but at least by the hundreds that we know of, for sure, yeah. if not more. Um, so I'm I'm with you. Like I believe that God can work and save however He wants to, um, mm-hmm. and just because you know, even 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 if we see something, you know, in Scripture, right, that doesn't limit God to only saving the way that's described in Scripture. That's more than, you know, God is the God of the world, right? And he Uh can save however exactly he wants to. And so that's my opinion. Um, Okay, so Isaiah, Isaiah, he is, I mean, happy. So how, so you get baptized at this point. So you said, Uh what was it? Um, In October, there's big problems you're having you know, mm-hmm. huge issues with Christianity at this point. You're hating it. You're getting deeper into paganism. How far after October then do you have the first dream? And then what's the timeline between the first dream and then I'm going to call it the steampunk dream because I, I really like steampunk. So how far is it between those three events? Okay, so the like the tipping point where yep. we almost broke up. It's on my birthday, October 31st. Okay. He gave me the Bible for Christmas. Right. Um, both dreams, I believe, took place in January. And then February, sometime I was baptized. Oh, wow. There's, there's, so- there's people who come to faith as like a slow simmer. Like they might take decades and decades to figure it out. But then other people like me come to faith in like a rapid boil. Yeah. I'm yeah. quoting um, Tim Mackey right now, actually, just so like I'm not claiming that quote. Yeah. But that's what happened to me. All of a sudden, it was like, oh, this is what I've been missing. Like, this is it. And it, it just happened pretty quick, like in, within a month, maybe. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so you're, you're pissed off at God at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Then you're, you're about to break up with Isaiah. And then all of a sudden he's about to break up with me. Okay. He's about to break up with you. Yeah. And then y- y'all are about to end. And then Ezek- the Ezekiel passage happens. You have your first dream, you have your second dream, and then you're baptized. And this all takes place within a month. Is, is that right? Um, so the breakup part, October. Okay. Um, and then like, he was just like, I can't, I don't think I can be with you anymore because you're practicing what I know is evil. Right. And I didn't consider it evil. Right. October, I mean, December, he gives me the Bible. And then in January is when I'm reading the Bible. I'm having the dreams. Okay. So all of those things, reading and dreams are in January. I'm baptized sometime in February. Okay, I'm just curious, what's going on in November and December then? Are you guys kind of just like, eh, existing, not existing, or or is, is there more animosity being like built up between those two months? Um, if you don't remember, that's fine. I'm not no, trying to get super right. specific. I'm just curious. We are we are still dating. He heard, be patient. Okay. 
And okay. he listened to the call and he yep. was like, okay, I'm going to do that. And maybe, maybe that's why he got me the Bible for Christmas. You know, I actually don't know that for a fact. You can comment. I see him yeah. commenting a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't even realize they had comments. I just switched over when you said they go, oh my gosh, there's so many people talking. But, yep. um, yeah. So I think we, we were just kind of still dating and he was being okay. obedient to what he heard. Okay. Right on, right on. So you're mm -hmm. baptized then in January and mm -hmm. then what's life, how describe your perspective because there's a paradigm shift that just happened in your life. You go straight from astrology, diving deep into tarot cards and crystals it sounds like crystals was your main thing right um yeah. going into that now you have this paradigm shift that you see this guy the creator of the universe in a dream right mm -hmm. what are you thinking at this point i mean so you get baptized like are you absolutely done with the crystals are you still kind of tinkering with them or not yeah yeah this is what this is but you know i'm, I'm still kind of you know, a little bit into it, or are you completely done at this point and trying to do what you know? I mean, you're a baby Christian at this point, right? Mm -hmm. Is Isaiah trying to lead you and 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 starting from the ground and starting maybe to put walls and a roof over this house that you guys are building now? Is that is that how it is, or, or describe that for me? Um. So right before, like once I believed, I stopped. Okay. I tossed my tarot cards. My okay. crystals I put in a drawer. I okay. was going to go just chuck them out in the woods. Yeah. Um, just be part of nature again. But for some reason, I held on to them. And okay. I'm kind of glad now I did because for a long time, they were my idol. Okay. But now I can look at them and I can be like, this is, this is beautiful. God created this. God created all these unique things. Yeah. I mean, this isn't evil unless you make it. It's about the intention of the heart. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, even I think in like Ezekiel, he, he described the belt he's wearing and it says like Jesus has like a carnelian belt with like emerald and jasper. Like he, you know, he, he created them. Mm -hmm. um, so I stopped that stuff altogether. Okay. Um, you know, I still have this owl statue in my room and I really liked that, you know, it was kind of eerie and I kept it for a while thinking it was just art. Eventually, okay. I also threw that away. I threw away all my astrology books, I did not want to donate them. I did not want those to to anybody else. I did not want anybody else to believe that lie. So I just, I tossed them all. Um, but before I was baptized, I was just thinking like, I knew I was going to commit myself to Christ, but I was also like, I, had, I was just about to become a witch. I was just about to take classes to be a tarot card reader. What an identity that would be. I, I'm a tarot card reader, you yeah. know? Um, and I realized like, this is the denying of self I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to give up those things that I was chasing to truly follow Christ. And so hmm. I did. Right I did. On. And I, I gave, I gave those things up and it was hard. And, but then I realized like quickly, like there's nothing else but Jesus. And so, you know, I started reading the Bible. I was listening to all these podcasts, um, okay. things like that, you know, and then I wanted to start um, a women's ministry at our church. Our original church was in a small town. Yeah. Um, and so I went to the women's ministry leader and go, we need to start that. So wow. I participated in that with my mother-in-law. Yeah. In hindsight, I should not have done that so early on. Okay. Um, and try to do that as an early Christian because you will be judged harder for teaching. I did not fully understand that. Right. 
Um, but we picked Bible studies. I coordinated events. I helped people um, learn and encourage Bible reading. Wow. And I wanted to share my testimony with everyone and anyone. And I was not afraid because once I confessed faith, I lost two of my best friends. I thought I was stupid. And I think God did that for a purpose, obviously. But it was because once I lost my core friends that I'd had for like a decade, yeah, it doesn't matter who I lose now. Okay. It doesn't matter. I will tell the truth to other people. And, you know, if you don't like it, like I'm doing my best to love you and save you the way I was saved by Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So what, let me ask you this, Megan. Mm -hmm. So I know, well, and, and maybe I don't know. So correct me if I'm wrong on this, okay. but I got a strong suspicion that your life didn't do a complete 180 just because of a dream. Is that fair to say? Like I'm saying, what I mean is you go yeah. from almost being a witch to now conducting Bible studies. Did that all happen because of a dream or were there a series of events even after the dream, including the dream, right? That mm -hmm. happened that God manifested himself, maybe not necessarily physically or spirit or, or mentally or even, um, you know, tangibly is the word I'm looking for. Um, but is there a series of events that's happening? Maybe you're gaining uh, this joy that you were so longing for. Maybe you're gaining, mm -hmm. you're starting to have this sense of identity in Christ. Is it a combination of things that lead you from literally being a witch or almost there to mm -hmm. conducting Bible study classes? Describe for us that, uh, that those events that led you to that in that extreme and that quick, man, like that's, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm, in, in yeah. a good way, that's awesome. But, but what was the events that led you to do that complete 180? For the most part, it was a dream. The okay. dream was incredibly sobering. The opening of the Bible and seeing directly, and the first thing my eyes laid, laid upon were the rebellious pagans turned back. And mm -hmm. Lydia, I didn't like scan the page and then find it. My eyes immediately boom, went boom. to those things. Yep, just yeah. like that. Wow. And so the joy didn't come right away. Sure. Um, the fellowship exactly didn't come right away. But I knew this is it, and I knew this was going to be my life, and I wanted to be baptized right away. I wanted to be like, God, I'm yours. I'm yeah. going to profess my faith and be baptized and be obedient to your word. And so that, that's what I did. Um, I was pretty nervous, but it felt yeah. really good to come out of that water and be like, yeah, like I've been made clean. Yeah, You know? Um, You're like the eunuch. Like, there's water right here. Why can't we yeah, be baptized actually, right now, yo? <laughs> I love that story. That was one of the first stories I really read on my own, actually. And I yeah. go back to that one all the time of just the, the sharing the gospel. They hear it. They believe it. They go be wow. baptized. They go out in the world. There we go. You know, I love right. that story. That's right. So, okay. So, you, so you're a Christian now at this point. You've been a Christian mm -hmm. for about four years. Is that right? The same time yeah. that you, I think you said that you've been married to Isaiah. He's mm -hmm. obviously had a lot to do with your conversion, it seems like, in building you yes. up and strengthening you as a Christian, right? So mm -hmm. I did, I, I'm, I'm going to change the title. Once I upload this, I'm actually going to mm -hmm. change the title of it because I don't think it's fair. We've been talking an hour and 40 minutes now about astrology and, mm -hmm. and to have, you know, how to have faith in the midst of suffering. But I do want to, I, I do want to connect those dots, right? Like I was telling you earlier uh, over mm -hmm. Messenger, I want to connect these dots. And so during your time as a Christian now for four years, have mm -hmm. you at any time been tempted or anything like that? Have I mean, you went from seeing, I mean, I've got the paper right here. You went from seeing demons to having literal, um, uh, maybe hallucinations, 
uh, actual manifestations happening to you of different energies um, during the rock Reiki. Is that right? Reiki? Yes. Um, during the Reiki uh, session, you mm -hmm. are literally seeing things. You've had uh, demons touch you. You've heard demonic chanting I've got wrote down here. Mm -hmm. These things that are drawing you into uh, the paganism, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, the, and the physical, I call them physical manifestations. Are they gone at this point? Or is there ever like maybe residue of some of this stuff that's left over? Because, I mean, you were deep into it, right? Yes. Is there any residue that maybe they, they manifested themselves to you once, twice, maybe even three times? Or is everything just gone at this point and you are not having any temptations uh, to go back to the pagan lifestyle? That's a very good question. Um, was I tempted to go back to the pagan lifestyle? No. Was there residue? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I had... so. As I was starting to believe, I was hearing things. I was laying in bed at night and I would hear things in my mind. I, I heard the story of the woman who gave her last coin to the temple. Mm. And I said to Isaiah, I go, is, that, is this a Bible story? And he, he said, yes. And yep. I go, that's very interesting. I'm not really sure why I heard that one. But um, for the next year or two, um, especially the first year, I had dreams about aliens a lot. or okay. I Or there was dreams about me kneeling in front of statues that were like idols okay and they were trying to hurt me and i wanted to scream the name jesus and i was not worshiping the idol i was just happened to be kneeling there and like yeah. sitting there in its presence but when, when i tried to say jesus my throat was closing up i couldn't do it i couldn't scream it and i'm trying so hard in my dream to scream jesus jesus you know and mm -hmm. to like help him save me and that's always when i wake up is that it's like they're trying to keep me quiet. They want me to not call on him. And I've had dreams like that so many times of me trying to call his name. And then once I do, once it like happens, they're gone. I'm free. Um, I spoke my testimony um, a year after I was baptized at a local um, women's retreat in front of about 150 people. And a few days before I did that in my sleep, I was, um, I felt something grab my ankle. I woke up and it was still grabbing my ankle. It was a three fingered being, very long fingers, it grabbed my ankle. And then all of a sudden, yeah, like that. Okay. It, it, was, it was freaky. It felt, yeah. like, it felt like talons were yeah. grabbing me. Oh my and God. Okay. It was, yeah, it was terrifying <laughs> to say the least. And then I just called Bro, the name get of your Jesus. ring and pinky. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I called the name of Jesus and it yeah. went away. Oftentimes okay. I listen to the Bible at night. I let it play because when I do that, nothing happens to me when I do that. If I don't do that or if it cuts off somehow, okay. a lot of times I have those dreams or I actually have auditory hallucinations where I hear things the way I hear you calling my name like I used to. Wow. Okay. Right on. Right on. Man. That's and and that's what I was curious about because mm -hmm. you know with my experience and because there's a lot of similarities between your story and and wh what I was dabbling into uh, whenever I lived in Florida for a little bit I dated this girl for a while uh, and she was very into the tarot readings right that now mm -hmm. they were into uh, oh well magic magic the gathering so I love that card game whenever I was mm -hmm. uh, in, into uh, in, in Florida. But it, but, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with magic. Like, like, I think it's a fun card game still. But 
what I will say is there was more going on, right? They, they started mm -hmm. breaking out the tarot cards. They started breaking out the crystals and, you know, different stuff like that. And I'm not trying to really connect those two things. But what I am saying is that there were times whenever I was a paranormal junkie. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm still a paranormal junkie in the sense that I, I find this stuff very interesting. But I actually went seeking the paranormal side. Uh, so the demonic side. Um, we went ghost hunting. We did. We did tried to. Uh, you know, not, not necessarily summon spirits, but you mm -hmm. know how the ghost hunters try to talk to them and, you know, they have different yeah. equipment and stuff like that. And so, like I said, in the, in the beginning of this, I tried to astral project. That was my main goal is to be able to astral project. And so mm -hmm. I believe that God protected me from that. Now here's where it gets interesting. Fast forward 10 years. Now I'm in Florida or now I'm in Indiana. I'm starting to jump into Eastern Orthodoxy. Right. Mm -hmm. And at my job, I kid you all not, and I think I've told Josh about this a little bit. I've told David about it, our other co-host. But like these, I've always felt like this sense of, you know, somebody watching me or somebody there that's not there, mm -hmm. right? And now the further that I'm getting into orthodoxy, it's almost like the more that I don't know what it is, right? I want to say it's demonic activity. I don't know that for certain because nothing has ever manifested itself to me like it did you. I don't hear mm -hmm. audible things. I, I What I see is little like, so I used to work by myself. Or mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I used to work with a partner. Now I work by myself uh, at night. He quit. And you know how if you're working with somebody and you're doing like your job or whatever, and you'll see something kind of out of the corner of your eye and you look and, oh, there's my dude, right? Like there's my partner mm -hmm. that, I'm, that I'm working with. I see that. But I'm by myself, right? So I mm -hmm. know that there's something moving over here. And I go to look, and there's nothing there, right? And so what I'm realizing is the further I'm diving into orthodoxy, the more that that's happening, right? And it's getting to a point where it's not only dark entities, it's light entities, like mm -hmm. white. Like I see something white out of the corner of my eye. And I'm just like, what is happening here? So I'm going to do an episode on that hint, hint teaser. Uh, that's going to happen a little bit later on uh, whenever mm -hmm. I come back from my July hiatus. But but I get what you're saying, right? It makes mm -hmm. sense to me because I've experienced this for myself. And I think that people who watch this, if they've experienced that for themselves, your story makes sense regardless. But if people have actually experienced this, for them, I think this episode is going to do something. I think it's going to grab hold of them. And if they need a wake-up call, it's going to give it to them. Because like mm -hmm. you're in the depths of despair at this point, right? Into paganism, yes. into um, just, I would call, I wrote down here, uh, Isaiah. So Isaiah had literal physical suffering during his, and he's always been a Christian at this point, right? And mm -hmm. he's having literal physical suffering in the midst of all of that. I wrote down for you that it seems like even though you might not have realized it at the time, I know you do now, but you were spiritually suffering. You were spiritually being malnutritious, right? Like you mm -hmm. did not have the life-giving source, which is God, present in you. In fact, you were running f as far away from him as you could, as fast as you could, right? Mm -hmm. And that brought in what you said a while ago. You quoted a Bible passage. I forget which one off the top of my head, but I think it's James. Um, but basically whenever mm -hmm. sin conceives, sin gives birth, it gives birth to death, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what you were into. And that's what anybody that's diving into this is manifesting for their self. You're manifesting something. All right. It's death. And if you don't believe me, and I sh I'm sure Megan will tell you the exact same thing. 
Are you satisfied? Do you find yourself fulfilled? And answer it honestly, right? If you are literally fulfilled with this stuff, I don't know what to tell you at that point, right? Mm -hmm. Because in my experience, I tried it. Megan's tried it. I don't know about Josh. Josh, you can speak for yourself. But mm -hmm. I know I was not fulfilled. That's why I turned to Christ. I know, Megan, you weren't fulfilled. That's why you turned to Christ. Because he gives us this sense of real identity and our mm -hmm. identities in him. And once you, which it blows my mind how people can leave the faith. Because once for me, once I found that, I don't want nothing else. Right? Mm -hmm. I don't want anything else other than him. Because he tells me, Tyler, you're valuable. Tyler, so valuable that I died for you, and I'm going to reinvent what you have broke down, what you have messed up. I'm going to reinvent it, and guess what? It's going to be for my glory. You don't mm -hmm. get, that's the definition of fulfillment at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have one question um, I want to ask. If there's yeah. anybody in, in the history of this video in the future who watches this, I'm going to look in the camera and ask you, I'm going to ask you, if you believe in new age, like, aren't you tired? Aren't you tired yet? Are you tired of doing it on your own? Are you tired of finding cures for yourself? Aren't you done? Because that's how it felt for me. Like, I'm just like, I'm so tired of doing this and chasing and never being fulfilled. You can be fulfilled in Christ. He loves you. He died so that you can have an advocate with the father. And he says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He will give you rest. He will give you rest from this chasing that you're doing. It is exhausting. It is tiring. I feel like I'm shaking right now because I feel how I used to feel. But yeah. please, like, if you ever, like, need to talk to somebody, I will give Tyler and Josh permission to give contact information to talk to you because that's how much I care about anybody who actually genuinely wants to be saved and wants to hear about this. Like, I'm willing to do that. Right on. We appreciate that, Megan. Uh, let me hold on. let me do something real quick. And the same goes for me. If you need to talk, there's my email address, faithunaltered at gmail.com. If you're listening to this on the podcast, obviously you can't see it, but Faith Unaltered, same thing as the title of this podcast that you looked up to get to this episode, at gmail.com. If you have a question, about anything, about anything related to Christianity or astrology or even paganism, call me or, or email me, email mm -hmm. Josh. Um, you know, I, if I don't have the answer, I will find the answer for you. If you want to get in contact with Megan, email me. I will let you know her contact info and, mm -hmm. and, and we can go from there, man. I, if I knew Megan, you were going to do like a, a shout out to these guys, I would have put you on a solo layout. So you, it's just you and them at that point, right? That would have been cool in my mind. But, uh, but no, I agree with you. I think that, mm -hmm. you know, ever since I found Christ and Josh, I'll let you speak after this, but ever since I found Christ, like I said a while ago, the, the sense of fulfillment and the sense of identity is nothing like it, it, it's comparable to absolutely nothing that I experienced in the past. Christ gives you this peace, right? Shalom, uh, the Jews uh, say, in, in, in him. And it's a shalom, it's a peace that the world cannot offer. This comes straight from the scriptures, right? Mm -hmm. And you look, and, and in my you know case, like I, I've been investigating orthodoxy now, and, I, and the beautiful thing about that is I really get to look at church history and look at the lives of the saints. 
And every single time, it's the same exact story. Yeah, there's some weird, miraculous things that happen with the saints. That's uh, that's beyond me at this point. I'm still investigating that. But the common denominator of it all is that their identity is in Christ. He's the one. And it's not the universe. It's not a crystal. It's not an inanimate object that can literally do nothing for you. You can pray as much to this rock. This is what, I mean, think about it. This is what the Old Testament Israelites, they were chastised and condemned for, is that they are literally praying and talking to wood, half of a log that they burn for food and whatever, and half of that other log they carve into an idol, worship it, pray to it. And, and it's like, what's the point? You know, this is inanimate. Mm -hmm. This There's no life in this yes they're alive in the sense that that god gives lets them grow and and everything like that but the point is the source of life god yahweh jesus mm -hmm. he is the one that not only can but will give you fulfillment i i can't say it any more than that josh what are your thoughts well in good spirits i will say i am pleased are you pleased <laughs> I, I never would have thought it <laughs> oh, I'm so pleased. Um, this this has been a really great conversation yeah. as much as it's been a really great story. By the yeah. way, you and Isaiah are fantastic storytellers. Oh, it, is, it is not easy to talk about yourself. It is wow. not easy to talk for an hour. But to talk about yourself for an hour and make sense and be impactful this, those are hard things to throw in the same bucket so uh -huh. kudos for that Thank for you. sure um but is you know as far as the you know like what do i think right i i think that what you and isaiah have is a blessing and a half and i'm very proud of both of you um mm -hmm. though i've yeah. just met you like i have very fond feelings for people that i meet because i'm a people person mm -hmm. but having listened to this much of your guys's personal experience in your own lives, I'm just rooting for you. Like, I, I love you guys. And I'm so pleased like in general, but I'm really glad that he's here and I'm really glad to have met you and him and, and just to, to have the investment of your time and attention to share that with us because man, first of all, I didn't realize how much my attitude still needing adjusting as much as I overreact to little tiny things that happen to me all of the time. And I haven't had the easiest time of it either, but man, am I really good at complaining? And <laughs> Isaiah was a, was a good gut check for that. Um, and I felt like I had a lot of commonalities with him and I, I felt a kindred spirit there. So that was really mm -hmm. refreshing and, and touching, but also listening to you, um, especially the way that you're able to intuit and to notice patterns and recognize experiences for what they are that you didn't have to be taught to look for meaning in life that mm -hmm. that was part of the intuition that drove you into those things yeah. and though it drove you into the wrong arms at first i'm glad that it wasn't just something that that spoiled looking for meaning and value and purpose in everyday life because life is a really meaningful and remarkable place it's totally worth living you know mm -hmm. and so um, I, I really, I really enjoyed that, you know, that, that flow of the, the, the story that you told about yourself, but also that, you know, like 
I, I feel I feel like there's there's probably a whole lot of undertone about how this affected your personal behavior rather than just your beliefs mm -hmm. that we didn't really cover in in your your let's say BC life and where you are now uh, and and noticing that you have a very genuinely innocent looking face right <laughs> but you give you give off in your story the you know impression of a very experienced and almost like not not jaded but you see what i mean kind of experience mm -hmm. toward things um and and right now i don't see and i don't hear and i don't feel like i'm talking to a jaded person and so um i just want to encourage you that god's doing work on you like for real thank like, you i really appreciate that this has been a real blessing for me but i just to bless you back it's it's it shows I can I can see it in your countenance that you feel loved and that you're you're okay. Like and I, I hope that those I, I hope that this is something that you can look back on with with uh uh you know excitement that if somebody's like you know talking about something like this, you'd be like, you know what, I did this thing, I did this interview, I'd like to show you my story. Can I share my story with you and just mm -hmm. have this as a resource? You know, like it's, mm -hmm. it's our privilege, but this is such a blessing. Seriously. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've learned that, um, Romans, I think it's Romans one, but it's probably in the first few chapters. It says like, they knew the truth. They suppressed it. And I knew I had some part of the truth in me the whole time. Cause I was chasing after it, Yeah. but I didn't know where it was. And before I go on, I just, I feel like I want to share a verse and I'm going to have Isaiah find it and put it in the comments if he knows what I'm talking about. Cause we talked about it the other day, Yeah. but it was about, you know, when you're trying to get like the universe to pay attention to you and they get signs from it. It's like, you mentioned the idols that are cut out of trees of like trunks of wood. Um, it's, it's like that verse where they're trying to summon the idols and see like if he's real or not. And they're like cutting themselves to get the idols to care about them. And that's how it feels. It's like, don't you see me? Yeah. Like I I'm trying, like, don't you get it yet? You know? And it's like, but they're not going to answer because it's, they don't care about you. It's not Sounds real. like Elijah on Mount Carmel. I think whenever, so. Yeah. Uh, they're trying to get the uh, fire to fall down from heaven and burn yep. up the, yeah. Yeah, they're cutting themselves, and Isaiah, or Isaiah, uh, Elijah is back and actually making fun of them. There's 400 mm -hmm. prophets, and for those that don't know the story, right, they're trying to get a uh, offering to burn up, and and the deal was that they could not light it on fire. They, who's ever got it, was a competition between to see who, uh, what God was real, and what they would do is the 400 prophets went first. And they cut themselves. They cried out to uh, Baal, I believe it was, and mm -hmm. nothing happened. And Elijah's just sitting back there on the on uh, behind them all, just making fun, like, "Oh, I mm -hmm. guess your God is, you know, using the bathroom. Uh, yeah, is he asleep? <laughs> so like, what's happening here?" And then Elijah obviously comes up. Maybe and, you should yell louder. <laughs> maybe you should yell louder. Right, right. And then yeah. Elijah comes up, and you know, Yahweh strike. You know, and actually, what's interesting. So, uh, I'm just saying this for those that don't know the story. But uh, but uh, uh, Elijah douses the offering, the wood, with water. I think it's three mm -hmm. times symbolism yeah. right there. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, Yahweh shows up and, and consumes the both both offerings, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but yeah, I think that's like what first or second Kings. Uh, but if Isaiah wants to, he can find the passage. Uh, if he didn't already, I just put Tyler's correct. 
yeah, Isaiah, if you got the passage for that, brother, uh, let let the audience know uh, in the comments. But yeah, go ahead, Megan. I didn't mean to interrupt. Okay, so I think that might be my closing of my faith story. But like when you said, did I do a one eighty? For the most part, yeah, I did. I changed my clothing. I used to listen to incredibly dark music, mm. dark, heavy music about killing and just weird, sick stuff. Mm -hmm. I was a huge Slipknot fan, if you know who that was, who that is. Oh, I'm yeah. a huge, I've been to all those concerts and like, those aren't good. Um, and just like really, really dark music. Like if you've ever heard of a band called King 810, I think, or 180, something like that they have some very disturbing music that I used to listen to all the time. Yeah. And for me, I'm very impressionable with my music. I really don't listen to secular music anymore at all. Not because I feel like I can't, like I'm not allowed to, but because I'm impressionable and I know that I want my life to be Christ-centered. So I always want to be thinking about that. So I've totally rejected all that music. I've, I used to be very, very gothic looking. I can show you a picture of my BC life because you said, you know, you probably look different. I definitely do. Um, and so, yeah, it was just like 180. It was like, I want to be obedient. Like I need to, I need to change my clothes. I need to get better. Like clothing is colorful and happy when I'm wearing all black and I'm wearing these huge goth boots that are embarrassing now, you know, and I'm just like finding the identity. And now I'm like, I'm a church girl. I'm who I used to make fun of, but I love it. And I'm here to stay. That's about as counterculture as you get right there. Yeah. I like it. Yep. There you go. I like it. All right. Well, uh, Megan, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you would like to uh, bring up and discuss? Kind of we're at the two hour mark. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got to get ready for work here in just a little bit. But mm -hmm. is there I want to give you uh, a, a final chance to say anything that we didn't bring up, something that's on your mind. Um, what What would that be if there is anything? Um. I'm not really sure that you're putting me on the spot, but it's just that, you know, yeah. Like I encourage you if you're listening today and yeah. you don't believe to really think about what we said. This is my real experience. None of this is fake. This is where I've, where I have been, where I've walked and where I am now. And it, it's all because of Jesus and him saving me. It has nothing to do with my own power. You know, like I tried it all. It didn't work. You don't have to try it yourself. I tried it all. So I just want to encourage people to, you know, just think about it. Read the book of John. See what see what you think about that. Um, if you know a Christian friend, talk to them. Ask them their questions. Or go to gotquestions.org, I believe it is. They have a lot of good resources, in my opinion, to ask questions like that. Um, yeah. Obviously, watch this ministry. Um, may, am I allowed to plug another ministry before I say yeah, that? Yeah, of course. Um, I would plug Mike Winger and his 20 questions. He often does questions for um, atheists mm -hmm. on certain Fridays, and you can ask any questions and he will answer them, or you can listen to his podcast because he answers a large variety, and I've learned a lot from him. Trinity Radio is another good resource yes. for people uh, that wants to, or for atheists. They, they deal, Braxton and uh, Jonathan, they do a lot with atheism uh things like that um i'm trying to think of anybody else off the top of my head uh, related to new age you can look up stephen bancars is another one of those yes yes or d virtue mm -hmm. yeah i know stephen he's got uh a lot of stuff on youtube you know i haven't seen much from him lately though is he still doing stuff or 
Uh, it's kind of sparse, but yeah, I've seen him do Is a couple it? things. Okay, I know he's got like on his YouTube channel the things that he used to do in the past. He dealt a lot with new age, uh, and and things of that nature. But yeah, um, I was gonna say something. I forget. Josh, uh, is there anything else that you would want to say? Um, you know, as a, as kind of an, a concluding thought, and almost yeah, hilariously appropriate for the story itself. Um, another thing that I learned from Lewis, just to give you another appetizer of how he thinks and he writes. Um, he was talking about the way that man required something beyond his immediate experience of sense data, looking around the universe and noticing everything around him. But at the same time, having this intuition or knowing that the universe seems to be haunted, yeah. right? That there's a spirit here. There's something here. So they're religious. You know what I mean? It's just, we're going to be religious, whether okay. it's, you know, make the cathedrals out of stone or take a stone and try to pray through it. Like there, we're going to be religious. Right. And so he was talking about the way that the, the, the God of the universe decided the God of nature, not a nature God, but the God of nature decided mm -hmm. to bring revelation through a particular people, the Jews. Right. But that's not to say that the rest of the world was left in just this kind of, you know, vacuum where he, he said that the, the basically that I'm paraphrasing now, but that the, mm -hmm. that the Jews got revelation, but the pagans got good dreams. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. appropriately enough to your story, what brought you out of that place was a dream. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's how he kind of looked at the way that they, the pagans would approach the world and say, you know, you are like, you're right here, but you don't, you're not seeing beyond the thing. You're not seeing beyond the thing. You know, and consider the source is ultimately is the everything. the kind of thing. So it mm -hmm. was just, it was just such a blessing to be able to 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 talk to you and and hear you out. And this was time well spent. Thank you. I, I I feel inclined to apologize for not even getting to the faith part, but also I'm not going to because I think this really needs to be heard. If you want to do a part two about the second part, I will, will. totally be down to do that. Um, but yeah, I, this went on a little longer than I anticipated. No, that's perfectly fine. A good story always does. And you know, um, I, whenever I get back from my July hiatus uh, mm -hmm. from Faith on Ultra, I'm taking a month off. Uh, we'll schedule a part two. I would love to do a part two uh, with both you and Isaiah, if that would be something you're interested in uh, as well. To hear you guys thing. kind of, uh, uh, you know, connect and, and, and go back and forth and banter off of each other. You know, I said something stupid a while ago, and I apologize uh, to every Lewis fan, including Josh. I said, when Lewis dies, he would be like a hundred now if if lewis was still living and so i just caught myself i'm just like wait a minute i'm an idiot like why would i say that at all? <laughs> so anyway josh what i meant to say was josh has been venerating lewis now for the past well however long uh davis davidson's been alive and uh <laughs> he's not waiting on him to die he's already there so anyway no i'm just oh, there you I go <laughs> No, I'm just playing. Josh ain't Josh ain't quite to the Orthodox veneration yet. I don't think. Are you? Um, you're not. I, you're not venerating I, saints yet, are you? I I wouldn't say that I I am adverse to doing so, and I probably okay. do so without the icons. Okay. Right on. Right on. Well, yeah. one step closer, dude. You'll you'll get well, there I, eventually. You know, I I I have to <laughs> say that it was it was it was just really like experiencing in a, in a similar way to how she did experiencing yeah. the intuition and then getting the knowledge or the explicit meaning behind it 
yeah. to notice things like the connections between, let's say, Mary and the burning bush, or Mary and the and the the, the mountaintop, or Mary and the the top of the the Ark of the Covenant, and be like, right. yeah, no, duh, the place of manifestation. Well, she was the thing that the incarnation came through. Like, well, okay, like yeah. to see that it's like Christianity has just such an echoing depth. You know, so somebody, somebody whose mind is as restless as people who notice patterns, yeah. uh, it's just so much fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very. Mary, Mary is the vessel through which God manifested Himself through. So, absolutely, absolutely. All right, I will say this in closing, and and I and it's basically just piggybacking off of what Megan said in her plea to those who are still caught up in in this movement in this new age christian or, or not christianity new age uh conundrum thing is my my advice is this and this is something we all have to do this is something that i did i'm sure this is something that megan did and i know this is something that josh did this is something that every christian and atheist and muslim and who just insert whatever how you're identifying as yourself as however here right you have to deal with Jesus, okay? Mm -hmm. Jesus is a historical figure. There's no doubt about this. And the people that are still saying, well, I don't know if he existed, haven't done their homework, period, end of subject. I mean, you. That, I'm not going to get into a tangent about that, but there, if you would like to know and see some of the evidence, all you have to do is go to our website, go to Faith Unaltered on YouTube, click the live tab, and just start scrolling down and see where we talk about the historical Jesus. It's there. We just did an episode with Dr. Daryl Bach, uh, who is a very well-renowned Protestant uh, New Testament scholar, very well-known. And and just, just start there and just start scrolling through all of the videos. We've got tons of evidence that Jesus actually existed. Once you come to that realization, you have to do this. You have to wrestle with, and I, and I love the way Megan put it a while ago, who am I? Who is Jesus? That's the question that Jesus asked in Matthew 16. There's a very famous passage where he asked, who do people say that I am? And that's my plea to anyone watching this that might be caught up in you know the things that Megan was caught up in in the past. Who is Jesus to you? Is he a prophet? Is he some lunatune? You know, lunatune. Is he um, a healer? Is he a miracle man? Who is Jesus to you? That's something we all have to wrestle with. That card has been laid on the table, and it was laid on the table two thousand years ago. I think the correct answer is the the answer that Simon Peter gave: "You are the Christ." God the Son. I'm going to rephrase the way he did it because whenever we, my sister came over the other day and uh, she said, I believe Jesus is the Son of God, but I don't believe he's God, right? And that's a, that's something that we're going to have to talk about. Uh, but, but I don't say Son of God because of some of the baggage that that title has, right? But I will say God the Son, uh, the Son who is God, right? That's who I believe that Jesus is, the second person of the Holy Trinity, right? And here's the thing. That's where we stand. Is if Jesus is the God of this world, if Jesus is the God who created everything, as Colossians 1 15 through 17 and John 1 uh, uh, 1 and 1 through 3 
and not only that, but even Hebrews one, uh, verse three. If 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 Jesus is that guy, the God that created everything, then there's no reason not to trust him. In fact, if you don't, bad things are going to happen. That's not a threat. That I didn't make that up. Josh didn't make that up. Megan Isaiah didn't make that up. This is something that again is in scriptures. That that is a statement that we have to wrestle with. I'm not saying that you have to make any decisions right now. All I'm asking anyone to do that's not a Christian that's watching this video is to just think about it for a second. Mm -hmm. Actually stop and just think about it. Who do I believe Jesus is? If that answer is anything other than God in the flesh, please message me. Shoot me a message, faithunaltered at gmail.com. Let's talk about this. Because if he is God in the flesh, this is the most important decision you'll ever have to make in your life. It truly is. If he's not, then who cares, right? Let's let's all go worship some crystals here in a little bit, right? Why, why not? Mm-hmm. But if he is, if Jesus is God, and I think that there's enough evidence, uh, not only that, but, but <laughs> like Jesus has manifested himself to Megan. I know he's done it with Josh, right? I know he's done it with myself. That's evidence and enough for us. But there's external evidence. There's objective evidence. Uh, but but y'all, that that's key. Jesus is key to this whole thing that we call Christianity. Uh, there's a very important passage in Scripture that says, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then we're to be of men and women most pitied. Why? Because we're still in our sins, and there's no hope. There's no help. There's no one coming to save us. We're mm-hmm. still in our sins. And we will be judged for those sins. But because Christ came, lived a perfect life, died, rose again, and ascended to heaven, he's coming back. And that's a Mm -hmm. promise. That is a promise, y'all. And so I just plead with people, again, don't make a decision tonight. Truly think about it. Not only know what you believe, but more so why you believe it. And if you have any, any questions, please email me, faithunaltered at gmail.com. But y'all, that about wraps it up for tonight. Megan, I, I absolutely love you and Isaiah. I think you guys are awesome. I was not at all disappointed with this episode by any stretch of the imagination. Matter of fact, like I said, it exceeded my expectations. And I would love to have you on, whether a solo episode or whether an mm-hmm. episode with, the, with your husband, I would love mm-hmm. to do a part two on your testimony. Yeah, so. me too. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime. You guys are more than welcome back. Any, anytime. Uh, other than that, y'all, it's been fun. Please go subscribe if you have not yet to Faith Unaltered. We are on YouTube. We are on TikTok. And matter of fact, if you go follow us on TikTok, you get exclusive content. I just released a video on TikTok that's not on YouTube just the other day explaining why apostasia in 2 Thessalonians 2.3 means apostasy and not rapture. Apparently, people have been getting flack for saying it's apostasy for the while now. Uh, I, I find that just ridiculous, but but I go into detail of why um, this this Greek word apostasia uh, means apostasy and not rapture. But the point I want to make is that on TikTok, there's exclusive content that is not found on YouTube. So if you're only subscribed to our YouTube channel, you're missing half the battle right there because we've got a whole bunch of other stuff on on TikTok just waiting for people to mine through. Um, so go go do that. Uh, if you like podcasts, if you want to download our episodes for 100% free, we can be found on Spotify, 
Audible, Amazon Music, Google and Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, and the list just keeps going on and on. Where you f- listen to your podcast, go search for Faith Unaltered. If we're not on there, let me know. Email me, and I will do everything I can to get our podcast on this platform. Uh, but but we are on different podcasting pla- platforms as well. If you would like to financially support our ministry, because it takes money to run this thing, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine, Luther Menard, uh, today about you know about him starting a YouTube thing, and our primary reason, our mo- motivating driving factor for doing this is to praise and honor God. I mean, that's just it. Period. Mm-hmm. End of subject. Uh, we want to discuss God. We want to talk about it with people. But the problem is, we have. Uh, StreamYard subscriptions to pay for, podcasting platform subscriptions to pay for. We've got internet bills to pay for. We've got computer maintenance stuff to pay for. Y'all, I hate to say it, but it takes money to make a podcast and a YouTube channel work. So if you would like to help us out in any way, shape, or form, you can do one of a couple things. You can either donate directly to me. Um, You can do that Cash App, or you can do that with Venmo. I've got the links in the description for how you can contact me either on Cash App or Venmo. It's super easy. Type it in. I trust it. I've used it many of times with Josh. We've used Venmo with Cash App. We've used uh, a couple. I think we've used Cash App before. Uh, you and me. I mean, I mean I've mean, i used Cash App before. I trust it 100%. Uh, but you and I have used Venmo, and it's n- never been a problem. So if you would like to donate to us, you can directly do that from there. If you don't want to donate, please uh, consider sending us like Super Chats, uh, if you're looking at our video, especially on a desktop uh, or laptop, you'll see a little money sign right next to the thumbs up button. Click that uh, money sign and then it will say, send us a super chat, send us a super sticker. You can type in however much. It can be $1, it can be 20 it can be 100 whatever. Uh, that's a, that's another way to financially support us. Um, and then if not, if those three options don't work out, email me and I will give you another link to be able to uh, send us. I think it's through PayPal or something. Um, but uh, but email me, and I will give you a link uh, to to so you can financially help us out with that. Um, also, again, if you just want to support our ministry, you don't have the financial ability to do that right now. Like I said before, liking the video, subscribing to the YouTube channel, and um, sharing this content with your friends and your family. That's really the best way uh, to support us. It gets our content out there. The more likes, the more comments we get. It gets the YouTube algorithms. The YouTube algorithms are against Christian topics the way it is. Mm -hmm. And so we need as much help as we can get. So please go back, like, share, and subscribe to our channel. And we will see you next time. Again, Megan, it's been great having you. Josh, I will see you next week. By the way, Josh, Jay Dyer, Jay Dyer messaged me today and i ran a couple dates by him so i'm waiting for that for him to confirm the dates jay dyer is coming on our pot for those that don't know jay dyer he is an orthodox apologist him david dell me and josh are going to talk sola scriptura uh the next time that jay or or the time that jay comes on so this is going to be really really good jay for those who don't know jay has gotten uh, debate solo script tour debates on his YouTube ta- channel. Just type in Jay Dyer, G or J A Y D Y E R, and he's got solo script tour debates out the wazoo on there. 
And so he's <laughs> coming on the podcast, and I am super excited. Uh, we also will have a gentleman from my parish, Bo, do, or I don't want to say doctor because I, I think he, I know he's a professor. I just don't know if he's got his doctorate or not yet. Uh, Bo Branson, he's writing a book mm -hmm. actually right now. So kind of like a counterpoints book um, with William Lane Craig, Del Tuggy, and I forget the other guy, but they're talking about the Trinity. And so five or four views of the Trinity um, and Bo Branson is one of them. He's going, uh, he'll be coming on the podcast uh, to talk with Dale about Neo-Apollinarianism. And so the uh, model of the Trinity that William Lane Craig and J.P. Moreland uh, promote in their book, The Foundations of a Christian, uh, what is it, Philosophy Foundations or something like that? Philosophical Foundations for a Christian Worldview. That's the book That's it. Uh, that Neo-Apollinarianism is, um, is uh, promoted in. And so Bo's going to come on uh, for him and Dale to be able to talk about that. So Dale takes the uh, William Lane Craig view and Bo does not. And so we, they'll, they'll be definitely, it's not going to be a debate. We're going to have an informal dialogue with them. Uh, but that's some of the stuff that we've got going coming up on Faith and Altered. I'm taking July off. So please be praying for me. I'm spending some time with my pregnant wife. Uh, we, she is nine weeks now getting ready to be the big O10. And so we're about a quarter of the way there. Uh, we have chosen a name for our little girl. Her name is going to be Eden Sophia Renee Fowler. And so wow. like the Garden of Eden, uh, her patron saint is going to be Sophia, the mother of orphans. And wow. so I'm really, really excited about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But other than that, y'all, it's been a fun conversation. Good night. God bless. And stay, if I can find the video real quick. There it is. Like Christ. Christ.